Welcome to The Winner's Edit, a Survivor storyline and editing podcast. I'm your host, Joe. Dang, 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 dang. My name's Dan. What's up? <laughs> Hashtag dang, Daniel. Yeah. Um, we are covering uh, season 38. What is the season called? Uh, Edge of Extinction. Edge of Extinction, episode two. One of us is going to win the war. I didn't forget that boring episode title, but... What a terrible episode title. There are some good lines in there. Um, I was personally advocating for um, who were the gatherers anyway, said by Julia, talking about like, well, men were the hunters and gatherers. Wait, no, women were the hunters and were the gatherers. Wait, who the hell were the gatherers? That should have been, a, that should have been the episode title. But I digress. I was, I was just thinking back on the episode and was like, that is a bad title, but was there anything better? Because this episode was... Uh, a little rocky. Yeah, this one wasn't too hot, Chief. Um, like, I don't know. I feel like there's there like on the rewatch, I liked it a lot more. I came out of the episode and I, I like you didn't see it live, and so I messaged you before you'd seen it. I was like, I hated this episode. I'm mad. I'm angry. Uh, then on the second watch, it was like a little more fun, um, but I still did not like it very much. I think it feels very much like. Uh, bad Survivor is still good TV, like quality. Yes, like I guess it's not as dire as Ghost Island yet, but it's very like monotone. It feels it feels like we're going through the motions. Um, I saw someone say I think on Reddit that it feels like uh like setup or like world building for the season. So like hopefully it picks up from here. I hope that's true. Like. Um, and I mean, I think in fairness to Ghost Island, um, the pre like episode two was an incredible episode of television. Episode one was a pretty good episode, um, significantly better than these past two episodes. Um, and I do think that season overall was pretty bad, but like it started off strong. Um, this one's not. Um, but I do hope that's right. Like I think so. I, I think there isn't necessarily a correlation to like the early game being super good and the season overall being very good. Like. I think this has time to get better, but like there's a number of things in this episode that to me reminded me of really bad habits in previous seasons, specifically Survivor Game Changers, um, where they kind of just like lied to the audience a lot to like cause fake drama. Like, um, and that's what this felt like. It felt like the wrong, like I felt like kind of betrayed by the way the edit told me what was happening. Yeah. When I rewatched, I sort of looked at, Manu specifically and like the way they tell the story of what Manu does this episode is just weird like they introduce about a third of the tribe like in the first half hour and then they like bring in like supporting characters as they go to tribal and like finally get everyone in there but it just feels really weird they're obviously like starting with this like Wendy versus Keith dynamic or Wendy versus Kelly and then like Keith who hasn't been in the episode for like the whole half hour is just bad at the challenge. And then it switches to like Keith versus Kelly. And it's just very weird. And yeah, it didn't feel like good storytelling. I agree. And like, it's for me, it barely passes the line of acceptable in that we did get war dog after the, after the challenge be like, I think this is, these two options are what people want. I'm going to push for this third option. And then we see it shift back to Kelly as the target and then Wardog's like, no, I'm going to again push to make it Keith. 
uh, and they basically just use War Dog as the like he's the only reliable narrator in this episode. Yeah. Um, so at least there's somebody who's telling the truth, and like we know, like you can infer. Okay, so what happened? War Dog talked to Chris, talked Chris down, Chris because Chris isn't in. Chris talks David down, um, and that's how that happens. It's, it snowballs from there. Uh, but I still think it's kind of unacceptable to just like just do that, um, especially with a one one eight or whatever. Like, yeah. Um, meanwhile, if you had told me episode two would be for the comma tribe dominated by Julie and Victoria with a OTTN Aubrey, like I would not have believed you, and everyone else being UTR. Mm. Yeah, like. I honestly like last week I was like, okay, someone from the comic tribe's a hundred percent winning this game because they're clearly the complex tribe. Like things, everything's coming up comma. Um, but then their content was just dancing and like, LOL, Aubrey's bad. Like, it, I, I don't I don't know. Um, I still think that's probably true. I think they probably still are the complex tribe, but this, this episode was a little worrying for their chances there. Um, I thought the comic tribe was by far more entertaining though. Um, like I thought, like as all the problems I have with this episode and like, I think we haven't even got to the big elephant in the room, which I think a lot of people online are share my sentiment that it was terrible, but the Aubrey segment of uh, Victoria tearing down Aubrey was exceptionally well done. Um, the mm-hmm. editing was on point. Um, it was hilarious. I love that. We got to see a newbie just being like, like, um, like she's clearly trying really hard. Good job. But uh, you can't like we're not the same newbies that you saw in South Pacific. You can't just boss us around, kind of thing. Um, that's pretty interesting to see. I always love a good downfall arc, and I feel like we're getting a downfall arc from at least two of these returnees, and that's pretty fun. It's very interesting what they're doing with returnees. It feels like suddenly, like none of them are winning. Like almost invisible Joe. Like mm-hmm. who was expecting that? But um. Yeah, we should probably get to the big point uh, about this episode, which is the ending. Yeah, so I immediately left this episode um, and was furious because I think that one thing, like Survivor, whatever, it's had its ups and downs, like whatever. People hate Redemption Island. People hate like the Dark Ages, all that stuff. But like one thing it's always had is kind of like storytelling integrity. Every episode tells the story of like how one person goes gets voted out sure redemption island messes with that a little bit but like uh and that's my biggest problem with redemption island but regardless of that fact at the end of the day someone gets voted out you know what happens new story begins their redemption the next episode um this episode opted to in my opinion just do an arbitrary cliffhanger um we hang on will keith quit or not uh we don't see the votes we don't see his closing words um and like to me it's just like it's such an arbitrary cutoff point. There's no real drama. It's one second, whether he grabs the torch or not, um, that you could just show us. And then like, you could even show him going to the Island after, um, similar to what they did with Reem last week. I just think, or, or not, you know, either option. Um, I think it's completely unacceptable to just, uh, cut it off there. That's what trashy reality TV does. That's like, if you watch like keeping up with the Kardashians or storage wars, they hang on, like they'll open up the storage unit and they'll be like, what's that cut to commercial break or see you next week or whatever. Um, it's what trashy reality TV does. And survivors always had a lot of storytelling integrity uh, with rare exception. They've never cut to um, 
commercial break during tribal, unless it's like an extremely long tribal or something like that. Um, it's always had that integrity of being more than just a reality show. And this is one of the rare times where it's it really succumbed to like trashy reality TV trends. Um, and that really worries me. Um, I hope it doesn't continue with other things like that. But yeah, I was extremely unhappy with it both times I watched. But yeah. Yeah, I I was shocked. I was like, whoa, this is something Survivor doesn't usually do. Um, but I think I, I took a very ream approach. I like, didn't care. I was like, sure. I think the biggest thing was like for a cliffhanger, it's like, who is on the, like, doesn't know if they're going to come back and watch episode three, but like this cliffhanger, like, Oh, I got to come back and see whether or not Keith goes to edge of extinction. Like nobody. And it's like such a minor thing in the game. Like, Keith, the bad challenge performer, is going to Edge of Extinction to have a shot at getting back in the game based on a challenge. Like, and you're already rooting for Reem, like, over him, like, if you're a rational person. So, like, it's it just didn't make sense as a storytelling mechanic here, I think. I agree. I think I think that's the thing is, like, if it was, like, this big moment, if it was something that was, like, like honestly, if they cut at the like the challenge to get back in or something like that, where it is an actual cliffhanger, where I am actually like have things to speculate about, like like whatever, like that's fine. I think I don't think cliffhangers are necessarily terrible, but I mean, like I think this isn't a cliffhanger. No one's hanging at the edge of their seat, being like, "Will Keith grab the torch or not?" At the first five seconds of the next episode, um, like yeah. And especially, yeah, like he—he's clearly not gonna—he's clearly not the guy coming back. Um, I mean, eat my words in a month or whatever. But um, I just—I waste of time. Yeah, we've seen other cliffhangers like this. That's what gets brought up sometimes. It's like, well, what about Exile Island when uh, Sari and Danielle went to tiebreaker at the final four? I think. That was a huge moment, like hugely entertaining tribe you've got attached to. Um, Suri, of course, is a star and like her life is on the line. Like, of course you want to like cliffhanger that. Um, Hot take that sucked too. Um, I don't know. I think just because they did something in the past uh, doesn't mean that because they didn't do it most of the time doesn't mean it's not a problem. I do think that's probably the best time they've ever done it. They also did in Pearl Islands. Um, but like we have 37 seasons of survivor, like 14 episodes of each one. I'm not good enough at math to do that in my top of my head. That's like 300 episodes or something like that more than that. Um, and like two of them have that. Um, and one of them's will Keith grab a torch or not? I feel like it doesn't earn that right at all. Um, if that right even exists, which I kind of think it doesn't, but Yeah. Sorry, I was doing the math. It's like 518 episodes. Yeah, so... <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so... I guess we're, we'll see next week what happens, but, like, I don't really want it to become a recurring thing. I don't think it will. I think most people are not going to be Keith, and they're just going to be, like, cool, and yeah. go to Edge of Extinction. Um, it, it'll be especially annoying if they do this every time, and, like, say next week Keith just grabs the thing and then everybody like if they do it every week and every week it's just they grab it like because I feel like who isn't gonna at least go 
Like, go yeah. check it out if you want to leave. Leave. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. If and if you don't, I guess hot take. Like, honestly, I feel like if anybody just immediately leaves and doesn't at least check the island out first, like, that's a sign that that person should have been cast. Yeah, I agree with that. And like, I'm not usually that type of person, but like, I would say. Like, yeah, if when you, you get voted out, it doesn't immediately fill you with uh, immense passion to get back, win again, or whatever, like, like you're a failure in casting, I think. Um, and so, I don't know. Like, the, the, hopefully this is the, the only test is used like this ever again, but... Uh, the immunity challenge uh, this week, like, it was fine. Like, I don't know. Still, still nothing special. Yeah. I guess if, like, giant, like, heavy snakes... Like, are your thing, but like, I love actually. I okay, take that back. I actually love the snake, I love the challenge. Um, partly because it is one of the rare challenges where, like, I mean, we saw it like someone floundered hard. Um, and Keith was like hilariously useless. Like, um, it, it was really a sight to see where, like, he's the only one not helping lift up the snake when they're dragging it through the sand. He's just like rolling in the sand. Like me and my girlfriend were dying laughing. It's just like <laughs> this dude's just like cartwheeling beside it. And Wendy's just like, hold the handles and he's rolling. And it's like, like I used to be like, I'm a musical theater kid. And um, like, we'd have to like build our own sets. So we'd like set up the sets or whatever. Um, and you'd have to lift these heavy things. And I was always like pretty weak. So I would like pretend to lift stuff. And like it's really nice seeing someone on nas- national television get caught pretending to help. Like very fun <laughs> to watch. Yeah, but otherwise it was stuff we had seen before. Like mm-hmm. I've seen ring toss oars. I've seen that box where you have to put numbers in it and pull up the key thing. So And shout out to Keith for calling to replace Chris and then being probably the worst ring toss thrower <laughs> of all time. Uh that was pretty funny. Um but yeah, other than that, it was like, whatever. The snake's funny. Um, yeah. I support the giant snake. The only other time they did that was uh, Game Changers, I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, whatever. Apparently that snake is like 500 pounds. Like, apparently it's like extremely heavy. That's so heavy. And it's waterlogged, so... Yeah. Um, I remember them saying that on uh, Game Changers. Uh, hmm. But yeah, like, overall, like, I feel like this episode was a little boring. They tried to make, like, a boring challenge boot into like an interesting story. And in my opinion, they kind of failed. Um, not gonna lie. I was pretty hoodwinked. I thought that we were getting a Kelly Wentworth boot. Um, just because we did get that swan song from Lauren, where we got like spliced footage of her past. Um, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that makes sense. as like a swan song Kelly. Uh, so I was a little hoodwinked, but like after I didn't feel like, yes, thank God. Kelly Wentworth stayed. I was like, Oh, Okay. <laughs> Well, it was kind of funny because a lot of the episode was like, oh, Kelly Wentworth, like, such a threat. She's a big returning player. And then they, like, flashed to scenes of, like, Kelly looking just kind of dorky and derpy, like, in her glasses and just, like, moving around the island. But, yeah, I thought it could have been maybe Wendy. Like, it was all just a big ruse. And when we got that first Wendy vote, I was like, oh, this is what was happening. But Thank God it wasn't that. That would have been the worst case scenario. That would have been very game changers. That would have been me coming and yelling the whole time. Like this, I was like, at least to me, this barely passes. You know, it's like, th- like, this is just acceptable because of how they handled War Dog. Yeah. As long as he's always a reliable narrator from now on, I'm okay with it.
Um, so I guess we'll move on to our stories. And to be honest, we're kind of struggling with stories so far. It's throwback to like- Game Changers again. Um, the like I feel like modern seasons have done a pretty good job overall of establishing key stories to pay attention to. And the two seasons where I've had the most trouble with this recently have been Game Changers and now this. Um, and I hope that's not too much of a coincidence because I'm sorry if there's any Game Changers fans listening to this, but that season's terrible. <laughs> I hope yeah, this season isn't just, terrible. It's like a lot of the same things where like it'll do weird storytelling to get to the boot or other stuff. So we'll just have to keep an eye out for it. The weird thing about Game Changers is that it started really strong, though, and then got weird and wonky towards the end. So I personally thought it started bad, but I don't know. I It has like the Survivor All-Stars problem, but I guess it's somewhat fun to see like Tony there, but whatever. Yeah, I digress. Um, yeah, so we've had a little bit of a trouble here, so we're probably going to pay a little less attention to them as, than normal just because I feel like we're like scratching the surface of what they're trying to tell us right now, but uh, like not quite chiseling in deep enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, but hopefully we, hopefully there's still some quality content for your ear holes. Um, I guess so. So yeah, a big <laughs> one that uh, did come back kind of in the biggest way is we had one about motherly like energy. I think is what we called it. Motherly energy. <laughs> we sort of expanded that to like just the idea of a mother and like women and gender roles. Um, last episode, we talked about, how you had Reem on one tribe and Julie on the other, both talking about um, how they were moms and how that sort of affected how they wanted to be perceived on the show. Um, This episode, it sort of took more of a like women centric Mm -hmm. uh, perspective with Julie talking about um, what the men were doing versus what the women were doing. Whereas men were searching for idols, the women weren't, and how that plays into her game. Yeah, um, I 100% agree. Um, yeah. Like, this is a story that was, like, I mean, if you're looking for a story that's been consistent in these two episodes, this is it. Um, where you have Reem on uh, Extinction Island talking about, I mean, she doesn't want to disappoint her kids and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not a quitter because she's never going to be a quitter for her kids. Uh, then you have. Yeah, the the idol narration of Julie, um, Julia, and Victoria talking about like, are there even idols? Why aren't we looking? Um, not the greatest look for those three being not talking about looking for idols, and then we get no footage of them looking. Um, but really good for Lauren, who this footage is placed the Kama Tribe's footage of the girls being like, well, why don't girls find idols? Um, Ha, 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 they're kind of joking around about it splices yeah. with immediate cut to lauren finding one um and being like yeah my girl kelly went with another female icon um i'm willing to uh do what it takes uh to play this game but i'm not even gonna tell her even uh because that's what she would do uh hashtag uh, let's go feminism woohoo kind of thing um <laughs> it's kind of interesting so last week we had reem kind of be the bad example of a mom on the manu tribe uh, and Julie be a good example of the mom on the comma tribe. This week we have the flip. We have the inverse uh, where Lauren is the winner of like this theme on the Manu tribe. So it's, it's fascinating to see how that p- plays out. 
Yeah. Yep. I think you hit on all the big things there, um, especially with Lauren talking about her female role models from Survivor, Kelly and Parvati. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see how that plays out. But that's definitely the biggest thing going forward. I agree. And it, it, it's, it's clearly consistent. Um, and obviously it was a little bit of a thing. Like it was, it was kind of in uh, last season too, but I feel like it has a very different path. This one, uh, there, it's not really tied to anything. I feel like a lot of people have made a comparison um, of Julie to Angelina. And I feel like it's just, it's just not there. Uh, they both mentioned like female spineless idols. I just don't think there wasn't much focus on Julie talking about that. Um, yeah, it's, it feels different. Like, Angelina was very like, here are the statistics. This is a bad thing. Whereas yeah, like, Julie's it was a just, huge moment. Julie's just more like, what's going on? And like, she even says like, I need to, like, I can't search for idols. Not because I'm a woman, but because I'm not a sneaky person. And like, and how do I fit my game around that? So mm-hmm. it feels different. Um, and I actually think there's a good point uh, to be made maybe that like this isn't a story we touched on but uh this season seems very focused on showing just how hard it is to find an idol that seems to be the approach it's going like yeah. uh we get the uh like eric narrate like this is a giant freaking island like geographically it's just impossible and then we get victoria break that down further being like um yeah it's big but even beyond that like people always say you just look out for the funky tree well what happens when all the trees are just funky trees um, yeah so uh, I think that's kind of an interesting thing. That's clearly something they're trying to get back into, like the canon that like finding an idol is a both a lucky thing. Uh, with Lauren saying like it's luck, but also it's really hard. And I think they really want that narrative going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, anything else on that story? No, I think that's good. Okay. Um, the next one we sort of when we were sort of just like digging at anything that could be new from this episode, uh, we thought the, what Aubrey refers to as Kumbaya survivor versus like gameplay survivor is being presented interestingly here. Um, Aubrey is sort of like, I hate Kumbaya survivor when everyone's getting along. It's like no fun. I like to go to tribal council first because you can see where the lines are drawn. Um, And that's interesting because then the rest of, comma time is spent like talking about how Aubrey is overplaying Mm -hmm. with a very like poignant montage of her doing like gameplay things like saying the same phrases like saying the um, air quotes right things in Survivor like it's pretty funny like I thought it was just like I thought it was a pretty well told story like overall like Aubrey being like I'm tired of this kumbaya shit and then immediately kind of uh throwing herself under the bus by playing too hard kind of thing um it's fun to see um and yeah i think they're honestly i think the side it's taking is being more chill is better um i think so i think the interesting thing is that it wasn't really paralleled in any way on the manu tribe like they Mm -hmm. had a very good like way to just be like get rid of keith like he is the like old school survivor boot like you want to get keep your tribe strong um whereas kelly is a very big blind side that they sort of underplayed i think so i mean i think you could actually point to 
um, kind of like, because like the Manu conflict was basically, do we take the big swing and go after Kelly or do we do the easy thing? Um, and War Dog kind of is the voice of Kumbaya Survivor. He's the voice of whatever, Keith causes problems. We'll go with Keith. Um, everyone else is like, kind of like, it's a war going on. Like, it's kind of like Kumbaya versus War Survivor, where everyone's fighting. And ironically, it's the War Dog who's like, no, we're not going to do a war. We're just going to be a united tribe. Uh, hashtag Kumbaya tribe or Kumbaya Survivor. So I do think it was parallel, parallel on both tribes. It's just um, not super clearly. Uh, yeah. But I think it's honestly taking the side that, like, don't oh, like overplaying is bad, which yeah, is kind of rare sure. in Survivor. Mm-hmm. Generally, they generally it's like hashtag big moves, like cliche thing is rewarded. Uh, but this seems to be taking an angle against swinging big. Yep, and right now it was primarily with Aubrey. We'll have to see how it branches out into other people. Mm-hmm. Like overplaying, I guess you can see Aurora's confessional was like, um. Our tribe is doing so because our morale is up. So. Yes. But Aurora is weird, so I don't know how that fits into the story. Well, that's rude. <laughs> I think Aurora's a nice lady. Well, we'll um, get to her. Yeah. I guess. The next one we have here is uh, the same as last week, is this unpredictability, always on the edge of being voted out, hashtag on the edge of extinction in the game sense. Um Honestly, I feel like it wasn't super prevalent here at all. Nah. I mean, we sort of kept these on the list just because they were there. Um, You can say that maybe Kelly's confessional right before they go to tribal council, where she's like, she says to Chris, I'm just trusting you guys. And she talks about how she doesn't want to go before Keith and all that. So she knows it's an unpredictable game, but that's about it. But I also kind of think, because um, Victoria, when she talks to Ron and Julia, how she frames what Aubrey's doing wrong, she frames it as, Aubrey doesn't want to be the first one voted out of this tribe, so she's overplaying. Um, and I think this might be a, um, I'm trying to think of the right word, but it's kind of like a uh, self-fulfilling prophecy. Is that the right thing? Where it's like, if you're constantly obsessed about, uh, like, things being um if you're constantly obsessed about and paranoid about the fact that you you're always on the edge of being voted out maybe that feeling itself is what causes you to steamroll or uh snowball and really get yourself voted out yeah that's how the secret works Ronda burns the secret you think negative thoughts the negative things happen so Mm -hmm. you gotta think positive thoughts i don't i don't really believe in the secret i don't really either but i think in this season, I think we're going to see that. It makes for good storytelling to be mm. like, look at this person overplaying, not to be the first person out. And then they were the first person out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I guess expect like um, people who are like, if, if we ever get a confessional of someone being like, you know, all I care about is um, come like beating eighth place or whatever. Expect them to come eighth place is what I think that's the saying. Um, yeah. I can't think of a good example. Well, I feel like David being fourth place makes Yeah, sense. that's what I was thinking of. Is like David's talk with Rick where it's like, yeah, I would be fine with you just like cutting me at four. Mm-hmm. Like you spoke it into existence. So Yeah, like I really think that like um there might be something to this season 
perhaps tying to fate or predictability. We have this labeled as under unpredictability, but I really think that there's a chance that this is a season where um, like uh, predictable things keep happening. <laughs> that sounds like an awful season, but <laughs> I'm here for it. Like David's so concerned about coming fourth, he comes forth. Like um, yeah. if anyone's talking about the family visit, I feel like expect them to leave at the family visit and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Uh, next up, we have this sort of theme of uh, what experience brings to the game. And this was all over the place. Um, and becoming a leader. That's another thing here. Um, and it's kind of really interesting on this episode. And I, I want to talk to you kind of about what I was thinking. Um, so Kelly keeps bringing up like, well, if they were, if I was playing, I would come after me. If I was, um, if I was playing in my first time, like Kelly seems to be the v- spokesperson of I know this, therefore, I would have done this in my game, therefore, this is what's going to happen. It doesn't seem to be working too well. Well, it was interesting, like, a lot of the episode was just like, this is our only chance to get Kelly out, like, if we don't do it now, she's going to just steamroll the game, which is, like, a big, like, mood to have at, like, Final 17. Is that, like, this is absolutely the last time we can get Kelly Wentworth out of this game. Yeah, and like I don't know. It felt like not quite strong enough to like really put any weight on it, but it was there. So, I guess my question: Do you think that there's a possibility that that, that maybe that is the case? Maybe, uh, maybe the story right here is like I mean, with our predictability thing, we say okay, David um, is so concerned about fourth place. Maybe it's more David vocalized, "Hey, if we don't take a swing at Kelly now, she's gonna turn on me." Maybe that's what it is. Maybe maybe David should, like, in Survivor canon, should have taken the swing at Kelly, and he's going to suffer the consequences in, like, two weeks when she turns on him. I think that's possible, too. I don't know. I definitely felt more like it was more like Kelly going long-term in the game. Mm-hmm. But... I think that's I possible. Feel, I feel like there's a lot of credit you can put towards what David said about being fourth place, like being cut right at the end. So maybe they go together and Kelly still cuts them there. Yeah. Like maybe it is something like that. Like that seems reasonable. So like, like, I don't know anyone listening, like uh mark down, like, like the hashtag remind or like the, the remind me bot uh, remind us in a while. If uh, I feel like, I feel like Kelly is gonna similar to like Kara cutting Dan. I feel like Kelly is going to rip David's heart. Mm hmm. Um, the only other time this theme really came up too much was um, we have, I mean, Aubrey being like, previous experience means I want to go to Tribal a lot. Obviously, Aubrey has always gone to Tribal a lot. Um, and it seems she, maybe the story is she does a lot better there. And it's this kind of the excuse to be like, look, uh, this is her trick, you know? Like, she doesn't go to a lot of Tribals and that. Therefore, yeah, I think that might be it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, see, Aubrey totally would have won if she was on the other tribe that sucked. (laughs) I think that's reasonable. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I have any other examples. Yeah, not really. Like, um, people, like, honestly didn't have a huge amount of introspection uh, in this episode, I thought. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Like, I, I assume you could probably parallel Lauren, like, but it's a little bit of a loose thing. Um, yeah. So I guess we'll move on to, like, the theme of learning, which I think is here and is um sort of vital to the Survivor thing. I hope a lot of people learned how difficult it is to find an idol, for example. Um, I assume that's going to be a progressing tale, especially on the Kama tribe. Um, yeah. I feel like we're guaranteed to have somebody, like, have a huge... I feel like... Like, Lauren got, like, a pretty good idol find. I feel like whoever finds idol in Kama is going to get, like, the heroic music and, like, you know what I mean? I feel like it's going to be, like, a huge accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, like, didn't seem hugely relevant. No. Like, you, we kind of thought maybe Keith would bring it back, but I don't think he learned anything this episode. No, and if anything, uh, Chris t- tried to teach him to swim, apparently, and uh, uh, it, he froze up. <laughs> Yep. So. So we'll see how that goes, but um, yeah, I I, I think this I, this I think learning specifically is gonna keep coming up because it was so late out in the first episode. I think this is just like this was just a weird episode. Uh, I think. Yeah. At least yeah, I hope I it does. I mean, if if it so, this is the end of our story section. But again, if this is like uh, Game Changers, Game Changers is the season that. I railed against because it would literally just like create these plot threads and completely drop them immediately and like never mention them again. So I really hope this is not a season where they do that. And like game changers had like half an excuse for that, where you knew the people from Mm -hmm. some other season. Like, I don't know 14 of these people. So yeah, like it's, it's really unforgivable if it's just like, yeah. Like, cause I, I guess like with game changers, you can at least be like, they were resolving arcs from their previous seasons or whatever. Like, like there's some meta storytelling going on. There's not any, there's a small amount going on. Yeah. So I guess that's, that's good for our story section. Uh, Hopefully in the coming weeks, um, we'll be able to kind of chisel at more, the widespread things. Like I think we successfully did in David versus Goliath pretty early on in previous seasons, but I think this one, it's a little rocky. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, on to where we cover each person remaining and talk about their specific time in this episode. And we start with the beginning of the episode where we started on Edge of Extinction with Reem. So this is totally the complex tribe, right? Like Reem, like yep. someone on Edge of Extinction right now is totally <laughs> going to win the game. Yep, on that white yeah. sail. Yeah. The person wrapped in that white sail is going to win this game. I know I hate it on this twist a lot. Um, this, the, like, the the way it's been shot so far, like, almost has me not hating it from the entirety of my core. Um, like, I thought it was pretty endearing seeing her, like, wrapped up in the flag and being like, I'm not a quitter, man. Like, I'm not going to give in. I do think that it's ruined the minute another person shows up. But um, uh, It just depends on how they treat it. Like... <laughs> I mean, I think I could get really tired if, like, Keith goes home and it's just another episode of Reem being there alone, being like, I don't want to quit. And I almost feel like this episode sort of set up that if, like, someone else doesn't show up, like, Reem is going to quit. And, like, then it's even Mm. weirder. And, like, I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to say, like... um... It is interesting how it seems like they're going to edit this of we start on Edge of Extinction and then go to the other tribes. Um, Mm -hmm. I wonder if that's going to be a recurring theme or not. Um, 
it's a little hard to say, but uh, like it's something to pay attention to, I think. Um, and I, I agree if the story here is just constantly people being like, like I thought it was endearing here, but honestly, that's the problem with Exile Island is in, in past is there's only really one story they can say. And it's, I really hate it here, but I'm not going to give up or I really hate it here and I'm going to give up. There's not re- like, no one's going to be like, wow, I love it here. Maybe Joe, but um I feel like no matter what, you're getting a kind of an incoherent story or at least a story that isn't super complex. It's always going to be hate it here, good, hate it here, bad, or love it here, and then it's boring. Yeah. Yeah. And even with more people, it's just going to be like, oh, now you're here. Like, And they might go over like, like Reem did, like, oh, I shouldn't have done this and I wouldn't be sitting here, but like... I don't need to hear that that many times. That's what the episode is supposed to do. Supposed no, you to- know, I disagree. That's what Ponderosa is supposed to do in exit interviews. You know what I mean? That's when we get the, like, man, like, I, I, like the whole theme of the Ponderosa jury videos is, like, they get voted out, and it's them dealing with the mistakes they made and coming to terms with it, and by the end, they're happy or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or yeah. not happy. Um, And they're fun to watch, but... Like, I don't want Ponderosa taking up my TV time. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think... Okay, I guess uh, before we move on, uh, do you think Reem is going to stick it out? I... Uh, last episode, I would have said, yeah, for sure. This one, I'm less sure of. I just feel like we don't really... We still don't know how severe Edge of Extinction is. It just looks really desolate and, like... Yeah, it's probably not fun to be there, but like, yeah, like, does she have any rice? Like, like you know, like, like is yeah. she literally starving to death? They haven't told us, and I think the fact that they haven't told us is something. Like, to me, I think that means it's not going to be extremely significant because, like, I feel like if the winner was to get voted out, come back, win the season from extinction, like they're going to be hyping up this thing's the worst thing ever. Like, yeah, and I feel like they haven't. Like, it feels mm-hmm. like it's just, like... It feels like how they hyped up Ghost Island. Like, yeah, this is a thing that they'll probably forget about in, like, six weeks. Yeah. Yep. I want to see more of Edge of Extinction. And Dream 2. But, like, I want to... Like, well, more episodes doing the same thing. Where they, like, touch in and then... Yeah, I'm, I'm okay leave. with that. But uh, like, Hopefully it just cuts out reward challenges. Honestly. No, like, I love a reward challenge. Literally, like, if, like, I feel like good Survivor episodes and no reward challenges go hand in hand. But, whatever. I will uh, say, there's no room for a reward challenge right now. Like, No, it's like it's like Ghost Island. Like, Ghost Island is your reward challenge. Like, please make Edge of Extinction, from a programming standpoint, your reward challenge. Yeah, like, we barely got any Kama Tribe. Like, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, if that's how it's going to be. Yeah, we can't afford reward challenges at the moment, so. <laughs> just the comic tribe's invisible. <laughs> yeah, speaking of, just about, yeah, speaking, speaking of, of, here we are. It's the comic tribe. And Dan, I would like to start a dialogue with you. Um, I, I, wow, that sounds just like something I, a younger version of myself would say. 
Wow. Wow, really? I feel like you and me are on the same page. We should probably talk about Aubrey Bracco. Yeah, like we, we, we're, like, we have this wavelength, you know? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, historically, anyone who knows me, I'm not the biggest Aubrey fan in the world. Um, I never really liked her in any of their seats any of her seasons and i'm excited that finally we're seeing a negative version of aubrey um because this is hilarious this is by far my favorite aubrey no no contest um no i'm the opposite i want my like fun aubrey not like a sad villain aubrey i don't think she's yeah she's kind of a sad villain she's like like it's like she's like the ottoman empire in world war one like like um <laughs> okay. oh, I, for- I forget what the they use a name for it um where it's like like an old like old man like an old man's empire or whatever uh like broken back or whatever like like is he doing the same tricks from five seasons ago um thinks it's gonna work again like it has a playbook that's just outdated um and just getting kind of walked over and i kind of really love that yeah, I think the biggest problem is like Aubrey is being portrayed as a villain, but like also a good villain like has a way forward. And this tribe just feels like, yeah, if we're going to tribal, we'll just vote Aubrey out and that'll be it. I agree. So <laughs> Yeah, she's more like she's honestly a lot like um no, she's not even like I was gonna compare her to Bradley, and that's actually a terrible comparison. Um, because you're right, like the the reason why like when Bradley's on the television, you're like, oh, I'm so angry right now. Is it's like, I hate him, but also he's winning. Like, that's kind of an important mm-hmm. part of it. Um, like, Aubrey's winning challenges, but like, it's not the same thing. Yeah. Like, if she, she feels more like a, um, like, she feels like she's like a corp, like, like, a, like the walking dead. You know what I mean? Like, she's like a zombie that's just like mm-hmm. waiting for her time to end. Which yeah. I guess isn't super captivating, but like for me, it is kind of interesting just because she is a um, returning player with like this elite status. Hmm. Um. But yeah, no, I think like the thing with Aubrey is what's fascinating is that um, like I think they are having like a little bit of difficulty with her because I feel like she's probably doing even worse than they're showing. Like, like as a player, but mm-hmm. they know that fans love her and she's like an icon. I think they are kind of awkwardly like, like that aunt confessional was an excuse for yeah. what's like. It was like here she's gonna get this complex confessional about like the ant magnifying glass or whatever. She's under a microscope. That's why she's failing. Um, I kind of mm. don't like the cop out. I kind of wish they would just be like, yeah, look, she's playing horribly. But, well, I mean, we've never seen something like that. That montage of her just repeating the same things over and over. And like, as someone who plays like online survivor, like that is just something you do. Like you're saying similar things to like people all the time. But I don't know. I would page uh, Mr. David Bloomberg, uh, who makes the survivor rules for Rob has a podcast and add, don't use the same vocabulary to multiple people. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, I think part of Survivor strategy is creating a unique bond with every person. So, like, someone's your older brother, someone's your cousin, someone's your like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, like yeah. all that kind of stuff. Um, I feel like Aubrey 
is remembering some good connection she made and using the same playbook again and again, um, which I think is just bad play. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, like, I do think that she's probably like, I, I bet she's doing a lot worse than uh, we're even seeing because I think there's some like unforgivably terrible things that like we've even been shown. So when she goes up to uh, Victoria and Julia and she's like, Hey, how do you feel about, how do you guys, meaning the new players, the majority of the tribe by far, the people who about, aren't me. Yeah. Like, how do you people feel about us? Me and Joe? Like, yeah. What? Like, and do you think that you people would consider working with us in the future? Or like, like and then, you're a person, yeah. Aubrey. Yeah. Like Victoria's like, yeah, you guys are cool. Like, what else did you want them to say? Be like, yeah, we don't like you. Like, yeah. Like, and Victoria says that. So it's like, yeah. It's just like transparently horrible, I think. Um, I feel like those words should never, like, one, I feel like you follow, like, the coach playbook, even, and it's like the number one rule is blend in with the newbies as fast as you can. Like, mm-hmm. listen, yeah, like on TV, I'm crazy or whatever, but, you know, I'm the real me is nice. But she's or, so similar with them. Like, yeah. how could she not blend in? She really, I feel like she really should be able to uh, blend in perfectly. Like yeah. she's she's a normal person who happened to play Survivor twice. That's it. That's what she should be getting across. Is like mm-hmm. she's not any different than anyone else. Like, but she's putting herself on a ped- pedestal. I think she's bought her own hype. Um, this is kind of what we were saying preseason. That I I don't think she like. I think maybe it's something about being a super fan and then becoming a le- like a quote unquote Survivor legend and then going on and like. To you, you're a legend, but to the rest of the world, you're not. Like, you're not a celebrity, but you're not not a celebrity. Like, it's probably something weird like that. But, like, mm-hmm. she doesn't seem to think these people are, like, people like her. They're newbies. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's spot on. So, yeah, and, Aubrey yeah. portrayed super poorly this episode. Definitely not winning. Yeah, 0% chance <laughs> of winning the game. Yep. Just like Cass. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, th- like this is by far the worst. Uh, I mean, maybe Joe being invisible is worse, but <laughs> I don't think, I actually don't think so. I think invisible Joe has a much better chance than Aubrey, but yeah, I don't know. I think I would agree with that. Like, not a, like Joe doesn't have a great chance, certainly, but I think you can worse. recover from, um, like, I'm not on the show this time versus. I think the circumstances line up better. Yes. <laughs> for like what comma has been so far, like you would much rather be under the radar than over the top negative. So. Agreed. And I also think um, like, I'm sure that like a lot of players have content like Aubrey's got that could be aired, but more specifically, I'm sure a lot of winners had content like this that didn't get aired. Yeah, for um, sure. So, I mean, like, I feel like it's it's a very pointed, very, like, I'm sure, because, like, for this to get made, it basically means that the progression of Aubrey in the future, like, this stuck out enough with her storyline that this is something that they had to manufacture, this crazy montage with, like, sweeping confessionals over it, like, this is something important enough for your draw to the casual audience that they had to show. Like, that's pretty, like, I think open and shut case. That means like 
long-term things are quite dire for Aubrey. Yeah. Um, I guess onto Aurora. Onto Aurora. Who, who gets the confessional both episodes. Yeah, she gets a confessional. That is the story so far. Um, like, kind of just like... <laughs> she likes Joe and her tribe. That's the yeah. things we know about her. <laughs> yeah. It's like weirdly positive. Like preseason, we were like, Aurora's going to be awful, like negative. But right now it's just this very like placid, like, I like Joe. I like my tribe. Dancing is fun. Yeah. Like really hot take there, Aurora. Um, <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, Like Aurora just feels like to me, like, if she gets a confessional next episode and it's the same kind of like empty, literally anyone in the entire world said, like probably the entire cast said this statement. We um, eat rice. Yeah. Rice <laughs> has little flavor, but it sustains nutrients. Um, like if she says that pencil her in for fourth boot, you know what I mean? Like this is like the Monica Padilla. Like, Oh, but like Monica Padilla also did that and got seventh place. So yeah, like, but like, I mean, not in second chance, but um, like I, I feel like it's just like frequently you see the like person gets one confessional the entire time, and then it's like flame out OTTN five pre merge. Yeah. yeah, I feel like she could go into a swap like very fiery and like be almost an Natalia. Yeah, like yeah. Um, the only thing is like I mean with this kind of thing where it's like they throw him a confessional every episode like it's one of those awful ones where it's just like you kind of can't discount because it's like they're they don't have to get a confessional like they could be like buying time but i feel like she doesn't have a story like just liking your tribe Mm -hmm. isn't a huge thing but she's one of those people who could realistically slide in anywhere because there's no negativity it's weirdly positive like I could see her being like seventh place, but I could yeah. also see her leaving kind of early. Uh, she's one of those people who it's just like, there's no, like the floor and ceiling are ridiculously far away from each other, yeah. but the ceiling doesn't hit winner. Yeah. I agree with that. Pretty much spot on. I really have nothing else to say. She's extremely boring so far. Yes. But, but maybe I have hope. I have hope. Right now, her story is literally like she's loyal to her tribe. So we'll, yes. we'll plot that as it goes on. Um, uh, and I assume like Kama's probably going to be the tribe of people who are loyal to their tribe. Uh, and we'll see what deviations are. Uh, like, does she double down on being loyal? Does she deviate? We'll, we'll see. Yeah. I, on to. Oh, go ahead. No, I, I think uh, on to Eric. Yeah. But like, um, I think the thing with Eric is kind of interesting. He's somebody who's been explicitly in multiple episodes labeled as somebody who isn't like Aurora. They, they're kind of played against each other. Um, he's the only one who's not at that dancing scene um, of his tribe. Everyone else oh. is dancing. He's not there. Um, in addition, he's the first one to say Aubrey's bad in episode one. Mm-hmm. How did you find out Eric wasn't at that scene? I watched. <laughs> but like... I also watched, and I I couldn't have told you that. Like, I could have maybe said like Gavin wasn't very into it. But, like, I just I like, don't... I don't know. 
I just noticed. I think I saw it on Twitter. Okay. I don't know. But, Roll back the tapes. Um, yeah, I, like, I noticed it, and I'm like, wait, where's Gavin? And then I think he was like, oh, or not Gavin. Whatever Eric. the guy's name. Yeah, Eric. Uh, and he was like, oh, like, <laughs> who knows? But, um, like, yeah, like, I think Eric, like, he wasn't there for the dancing. He wasn't, um, he's the first one to be like, I think we should go after Aubrey. Um, that's even played in the recap, like, last time on Survivor. Mm-hmm. Um, where he gets, like, a he gets a pretty good look in that. Um, so yeah. I think I think things are uh, things are looking up for our boy Eric. Yeah, I. It was just a light episode for Kama. Like Eric was maybe a little lighter than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you said there was a scene with Ron, Julia, and Victoria. I thought that was Eric, Julia, and Victoria. Ooh. So I don't know <laughs> if he had like slightly more content than I was. Then we you thought, might be right. Okay, yeah, um, it's weird how it was like because I also was like, is this Ron or Eric? So they, yeah, like for two people who don't look alike, they sure look alike. <laughs> um, like, yeah. like I feel like Ron looks like really tired Eric. <laughs> yeah, like, like uh, I'm quite scrubbing through the episode to try and see which person this is. Uh it's but, definitely Ron. It is definitely Ron. Okay. Well, I guess that's weird. Then Ron has more content than I thought, but like not a ton. Anyway, like Eric, like really had the bare minimum. Like if he had not gotten a confessional and some content, like I could have eliminated him, especially like with Julie and Victoria getting content. But I think even if I think honestly, even if Eric was invisible in this episode, like say he didn't talk, he did get to talk about the idol, looking for it, uh, how hard it is, blah blah blah. That's fine. That's like perfectly throwable, like throwaway content. Like that's fine. But even if he didn't, I would still have him on my contenders list just because his episode one was pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. Comma tribe didn't matter really. He like if the story on this tribe is Aubrey's overplaying, and he already in the recap got to be like a blah blah blah. Aubrey needs to go. Um, I think that's fine. Uh, this is the kind of episode where he could have got anything and it would have been good, I think. But um, what he got was probably especially good because that's like good throwaway content being like, look, I'm looking for the idol. It's time yeah. strategy. Yeah. And we got, again, reaffirmed him and Gavin. Um, mm-hmm. In maybe a little negative way when Julie's like, we got some people walking off in pairs and then like, Shot him. Yeah, I'm just not sure what we're doing with Julie's content right now. Same. I could see it negative, but it wasn't for sure. So, yeah. But yeah, like, I feel like Eric, Eric's the foil to Aubrey, I think, is the main one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess Victoria, I think Victoria is going to be the one who is going to get, I think, credit for slaying Aubrey. Mm-hmm. But um, I think, yeah, like it's a little, it's a little weird. Like, like it's. I think it's good that Eric's getting content about be like early content about being suspicious of Aubrey, and then in this episode it pays off with it being like, like because he gets like the you know maybe we should watch your backs with Aubrey in episode one, and then episode two it's like Aubrey's terrible, untrustworthy snake. That's pretty good yeah. for Eric. Yeah. I guess I'm excited if Eric is winning. They're not like just 
overwhelming us with Eric content like you might imagine they would, given who mm-hmm. Eric is. But I mean, he's and, a little boring. I, I could see them ignoring it. A lot boring. I think he's like I think he's charming, <laughs> but whatever. Um, <laughs> I also always like like boring alpha male types. Um, like I don't know. Your your like guilty pleasure is like the Chelsea's. Like I'm sure you love Julia, but uh, <laughs> my mine is like the like like I'm an alpha male and I care about my family or whatever. <laughs> That's okay. so boring. <laughs> I love my family too, I, Joe. I hate my family. I just want weird like UTR fun. I want people doing weird dances on my Survivor. Yeah. Uh, speaking of people who love weird dances, uh, uh, Gavin, the dance master himself, who looked like he wanted to die in that scene. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, like very similar to Eric, like just about the same amount of content. Like, but better. Yeah, looks good. I think after his really spectacular episode one, I'm very much confident in being like, even if this episode was a little light, like... I think he could still win very easily. Didn't yeah, move from th- the top of my contenders list. I think I have him number one. Yeah, I think I have him number one. Um, he just seems like like in this episode he get he got the thing that was notable in this episode. He got to say that he is the biggest fan out there. Um, yeah, that's very so. True. This is a try. Like we talked about this in our cast assessment. This is a season literally of. Every like we joked, like we remarked that it's a try. It's a season full of people who are super fans who are saying they're not. Um, yeah, and I think it's it's always really good if you get, you are the person who is the fan. Um, and Gavin mm-hmm. is our fan, even though everybody else in the season is a super fan. Gavin's our super fan. Like we're like storytelling wise, Gavin is our super fan. Yeah, and he got that content saying. Oh, the idol looks hard to find on TV, and guess what? It is hard to find. There's like mm-hmm. so much, so it just looked really good. Like, I guess Again, pretty look, good he's looking for the idol. Like, yeah. So yeah, like I think everything's like super positive for Gavin. Um, mm-hmm. He he doesn't like, and I feel like there's like I I gave credit to Eric for being the one to be like like Aubrey's suspicious or whatever, but I also think there's like, I think there's real benefit story wise to Gavin, not being that person. Um, Oh yeah, that's true. Aubrey is a fan favorite. Aubrey, like I'm somebody who's probably more partial to like the burn Aubrey, like uh burn the rich kind of narrative other than most casual fans. Uh, most probably aren't going to take too likely lightly to like their favorite getting like kind of shit talked. Um, and so if Gavin's the one, like it's you know what it's similar to is actually some again to bring up Survivor Game Changers, uh, and Sarah Lacina in uh Sandra Diaz Twine's boot episode, Sarah Lacina gets a confessional being like, um, you know, Sandra's the greatest of all time, and I'm super proud that I get to be uh the one and like people are going after her, and you know what? I'm happy with uh it because it's an honor to play against someone as great as Sandra Diaz Twine. Like like she gets the positive content whereas Zeke gets the like, I'm so excited to slit her throat and like bathe in her blood, the greatest yeah. of all time thing. Uh, it, I think there's a real benefit to being like the like weirdly positive one about the negative situation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, especially given how this season Aubrey is probably going to stick around for a while, regardless of if she gets voted out. So mm-hmm. 
you definitely want someone who's not necessarily just slandering Aubrey at every turn. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like it is like, it depends how the story progresses, but like, I think both sides are good where it's like, I think it could be disqualifying if like, if Victoria next week, I think comes out and is like super anti Aubrey again, like that could be pretty bad. Um, like it, it all depends how they present it moving forward. But like, I think yeah. it's good that we know he's against Aubrey, but he's not like, he doesn't hate Aubrey. He has nothing against her. Um, like it's pretty good for Gavin all around. Yeah. Um, on to our next newbie, Joe. Uh, <laughs> wow. What a casting like, dud. Like they seem to have nothing to do with them. Yeah. Like, he definitely won't come back ever again. Yeah, I think like if he got voted out, he would be the one struggling whether to go to uh, Edge of Extinction or not, because like yeah. probably doesn't want to be there. Like, <laughs> like where whoa. was he? Uh, he was dancing a little. Yeah. Um, and he Looking was for an idol a bit. A threat. Yeah. To Victoria, but that's about it. Like, yeah. And that was Joe's second episode of the season that was apparently rake. made for him. Yeah, so. that was to- totally rigged for him um, at Survivor Reddit. Like, maybe this is a specific thing to, like, downplay it. I don't know. But it's, like, poor guy. Um, I do think, like, this is something that they, like, like, Ozzy and Cook Islands gets a shit ton of confessionals, shit ton of content. Colby in Australia, obviously. Um, Joe in Worlds Apart. Um, but then when they come back, they always are less prevalent. Like mm-hmm. Ozzy and Game Changers have like ten confessionals or something. Like, like nothing. Yeah. Um, and I feel like often they're like they bring back the like Jungle Boy, and there's just no story beyond like, like it's really fun to see like the like whoa this person who like a uh, bartender is like Mowgli and is, like this cool like Jungle Boy, but. I feel like you see them in the jungle and then like, okay, they, they can fish. Cool. Like yep. get on with it. Kind of like roll the tape a little bit. Um, and I, so think I don't know. He's already said that he wants to play like a different game and like not be so Joey amazing. So like not a death sentence. Like you still knew yeah. who Joe was this episode. Like people saw him as a threat. Like, I don't know. It wasn't the worst. Like I agree wasn't great though like i kind of thought he was a contender last episode not really anywhere near the thing is like i still have him probably like dangling on my list just because like he did get to vocalize his narrative of um like last time i was too amazing i was too upfront in the like at the start and this time i'm gonna be more low-key than ramp up uh so it's okay just because he did narrate it that way, but like, I feel like that might not be memorable enough, and people might just be like, "Oh, wait, where'd Joe go?" Um, uh, so <laughs> another person who we have here, uh, basically making no impact on this episode, uh, is our girl Julia. Unfortunately, uh, I mean, we called it, but uh, it's always sad to see somebody basically get nothing two episodes in a row. Um, I'm personally not a big fan of it, but I think we this one is a little different than other ones. Do you think we have some personality traits to attribute to Julia? They're all negative, but better than nothing. Really? You think so? Like, 
She's not there, but like, once again, I don't think she's in a terrible spot. And like, it's more that I just don't really know anything about her. I think there's a couple bad things. So the only thing she really got to say in these two episodes was, um, in this episode, she says, do you think they even hit immunity idols? And then Victoria's like, obviously, <laughs> like, I think it made her look like a little bit of a bozo, but, um, that, that to me is the negative thing. But yeah, like, I, I feel like Julie is the candidate to be the Chelsea of the Invisibles who, like, makes it really far. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, who are the Invisibles? Well, I mean, there aren't, I mean, like, Aurora or Ron. Yeah, yeah I feel like Julia has the best longevity of them, but... We at least know who she's close to. Like, she's close yeah. to Victoria. That's good for her. Victoria's got longevity. Um, I could realistically see her being the Chelsea to Victoria's Kellen. Um, it is important that we got to see them talking multiple times. Yeah. Like, you at least knew Julia was on this season, this episode. Yeah. Like... Um, and I do think, like, I think, like, I think we only saw negative qualities, but, like, she has good friends. But I guess, I think if you are a quieter, more shy uh, person, don't ally with someone as funny and interesting as Victoria. Or, like, Kellen in that case. Like, I feel like you're just asking to get purpled. Because you can just get, if like, if you're easily identifiable as, like, plus one to Victoria, and Victoria's more interesting, confessional-wise, like, th- it's the textbook purple case. Yeah, but I'm playing Survivor to win. Just like Julia is, so... She has to have the meat shields. That's true. That's true. Those meat shields drawn in Victoria. (laughs) But yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I think things are, like, she's somebody who, like, I feel like people always like to throw the, like, throw the purple card out there. She has time to get content. Yeah. I don't know. She hasn't gone tribal. Like, she at least has relationships. Um... I think, like, like next episode, she could be, like, CP5 and then everyone's favorite forever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I think this is the longest we've gone without someone getting a confessional, though. Like, we've had really good first episodes. And so... Did, didn't Chelsea not get a confessional until, like, episode 8? Oh, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I, I believe she did not get a confessional until, like, episode 8. No... But, like, Chelsea was legitimately purple, I think. Like, a purple Kelly contender. Um, I don't know. We'll have to see after the recording. I'm, like, 100% sure on this. But, okay. but uh, I don't know. Viewers at us. But, um, yeah, so, whatever. Julia, I think, has potential. Like, she's at least spoken. Um, but, yeah, it's probably a little bad that she hasn't got a confessional. Um, but, mm-hmm. like, I mean, like, last year people were calling Alec purple. And, like, I, I feel like he was, like, the fan favorite of last season other than Christian. So like, like wait a little bit, you know? Oh yeah. Like, yeah, that's why I love these characters because people discount them and then they do little fun things. Like Julia was like a little fun this episode, but you just had to like really look for it. Yeah. Like that is always a fun thing. Um, Was it her? Oh no. That was, that was the Manu tribe whose hands were all wrinkly in there. That was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, Yeah. um, that's probably good for Julia. Like, yeah, I think she has the potential for it to pick up, but I also didn't think she would bring much to the season preseason, but she seems like a capable person. 
which is probably the worst cross section, but I have hope, <laughs> you know, hopefully she's interesting. Yep. Um, next up, we got Julie. Who's who definitely by, interesting. Yeah. By far the more interesting of the Julie's. Um, like I find her so endearing. Like, yeah. how did they turn this girl down? Like the 16 times they did or whatever. Wild. Yeah, it, it doesn't feel like someone who applied like 17 times. It feels like someone who accidentally got on the wrong plane and yeah. was on survivor. And like, like well, she's trying I'll to be on it. like, like the great B- British bake off or something. <laughs> and like, it just shows up like this person, like I would not believe this person's a super fan. I would like, you know what I mean? Like this part, like it doesn't seem right. Um, she's doing a great job, I think. Yeah. Like, I mean, her biggest thing is like, there's no relationships really. Like we see her interact with people, but like no relationships so far, which she isn't bad. Like for- she's on a different season. Like maybe that's a hot take, but like, it literally feels like, like, like last week, her, her, like the only content she got, she did get a lot of content. It was an entire just segment of like Julie being wacky. Um, yeah. and like no connection to anyone. This one it was like her going on. Like, like she feels like a, um, like an author write in of like a cartoon character, like just like, like got to throw in like the comic relief, but like poorly integrated. Um, like, I think she's so funny. I think she's got a good chance too, and it might just be a little clumsy storytelling thing. They're definitely doing something with her, and like I think I might just be like looking at it and being like, "Winner, winner! That's our winner!" Like, and that'd be so exciting. But it's probably something not in any way similar, but more akin to an Angelina, where it's just going to be a big character throughout. That, I like, agree. We need to pay attention to. Like this is like like. I would say of all the people we've talked about, uh, with the exception of maybe Gavin, Julie's the top candidate to have the most confessionals, to be like the character you remember. Like when you come back to Survivor 38, which I mean, hopefully it's good enough that we have, that we do at some point. But um, (laughs) like, I feel like Julie's the top candidate right now to be like, oh yeah, that was the one Julie's on. Like, like her first season or whatever, when it's Survivor 45 and she's played like twice or whatever. Yeah. Um, I do think there's some interesting things uh, with her. Um, specifically, I have no idea how, like, no idea how to read her talking about girls not finding idols and then not being shown looking for them at all. Probably not super positive, um, but hard to tell. Um, and I think that there's also a candidate. Like, I feel like she's probably a top candidate to find it next week. Um, yeah, very like. Keith Nail stumbling into it, like, yeah, style. And then she just won't know what to do with herself. She's just, like, such an interesting character. And, like, she talks in a weird way. And, like, they, they're they willing to, like, it's very Christian-esque, where they're willing to air confessionals of her just kind of rambling. Yeah. Which is rare. Like, you have to be kind of, like, a very interesting speaker to do that. Um, like Like, the one I mentioned earlier, where she's, like, uh, like men were the hunters and gatherers. Like normally that would be the confessional, uh, but they instead aired men are the hunters and gatherers. Oh wait, no, they weren't. They weren't the gatherers. Women were the gatherers. No, uh, <laughs> who were the gatherers? Like that's not something that normally will air on primetime television, but they're willing to do it with Julie. Uh, it clearly means something. Yeah. Yeah. I think 
maybe not winning, but I'm I'm excited. Like yeah, like she's if if I was to like like this is the thing I would say like if I I, if I was gonna put money on like somebody to make it to the end of a season, I'm putting in Julie. Hmm. Whether it's winner, I don't know. I just feel like she's somebody I feel like who's on finale night because it just her content feels unnecessary. Like it's so like you could easily not show this content. Yeah. I Um, think especially we've talked about, but like comma, so many people were so lowly edited and you give Julie like another big section. So like, yeah, something's up. So this is another act. Like, I mean, we brought up that episode one was just like a segment to herself. Mm -hmm. Um, This is another one. That's kind of just a segment to her, like a little bit, not to herself, but like was pretty self-contained. But in addition, tell me if I'm wrong. The way I read the dance routine scene was in episode one, Julie had a big heroic moment where she was able to chop the um, bamboo or whatever, the shelter, the end of it. Like she struggled and then she did it. And then Ron's talking about how their dance move should be chopping in the air a bunch. Is, is that connected to Julie? That, whoa, that was a big stretch. Okay, it is like, a big stretch. Okay. Tinfoil conspiracy. That's just how I read it. Like, that's how I was like, why Why is there... Because like, I was trying to think, like, why is their dance move the chop? Oh, I don't know. It's Ron. I get, yeah, I guess. But the only time we've been shown any... I, I feel like... I feel like it's uh, a reference to Julie cutting it. But who knows? <laughs> we'll have to. We'll have to hope someone asks Ron. Maybe I'll add him on Twitter. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I feel like I feel like there's so much like like and there's imagery with her too. Like this is something we caught on to with Wendell with like the uh, the spider spinning a shelter. Um, like the shot of them weaving the palm fronds are, is still in the back of my head. Is like a, a really memorable shot they included. Um, and I feel with like a lot of attention drawn to it. And I feel like it's connected to Julie. There's a lot of care taken with this edit. And I feel like that's mm-hmm. always a positive thing, whether she's winning. I don't know, but I think if you aren't considering her, you probably should be. Yeah, definitely. Next up, we got dancing boy, Ron Clark. Yeah. Who, what? This guy, weird. it's so weird. So weird. <laughs> So yeah, he was the proprietor of the dancing for Kama, which then they didn't like come into like the challenge dancing, and I was disappointed. Like Lafleur did it better. Yeah, like I just think like like you're obvi- I feel like you're obviously gonna get TV time if you're doing that, and then yeah, I don't know like. I feel like he's hamming it up for the cameras a lot. Um, I don't know. I have very little faith in Ron Clark. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is that if you didn't catch the premiere, you would have no idea that Ron Clark had an advantage. Yeah. And, like, I guess he did have more content than I thought because he was Eric in that one scene. But, like, even still, it was mostly Victoria and Julia talking about how Aubrey was acting. I think he literally just said, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like, not super uh, deep content there. But, yeah, like, Rod's just a weird one. He doesn't really have a story. Um, he likes dancing. 
like the one positive thing is like it's good to be remembered. Like like he's doing better than Julie is, you know? Like at least like the casual audience to be like, all right, he's the guy who dances. Um You think? I don't I know. Think I so. feel like Julie with the hunter gatherers thing is Oh, so I I said Julia. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know the other the, the invisible like like right now like at least he has like things to tie him like he has a yeah. character. Um yeah. yeah, I agree with that. I think he could like whatever, he could win. He'd be like one of those people who have like scared to eliminate just yet. Uh I think I'd if you forced me to like cut it down. Yeah, it depends on how I stretch for being. Yeah, I could get rid of Ron pretty easily. Like nothing about the advantage this time or anything strategic. Yeah. Like, especially with him starting that dance, he could be like, I made the tribe dance to like help my game. But instead we get Aurora being like, dancing is fun. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's true. And like I feel like he probably talked about it. You know what I mean? Like that's probably Yeah. So the fact that he didn't talk about the dance that he was very clearly running, actually, that's a good point. Maybe we should yeah. eliminate Mr. Yeah. Ron. Eliminate Ron Clark. <laughs> Get that trend going. Um, but I guess let's move on to Victoria, who had an amazing episode. Um, yes, I think like if you wanted me to like dream up an edic of like a like quieter girl, like not athletic or a big game player to win. Like, this is the perfect start that I would dream up. Mm -hmm. And I was unsure of it last episode because I was like, this probably just might not go anywhere. But with how Kama's not gone to tribal, I feel better about it. Like, we now know who Victoria is, like, where she stands. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, like, honestly very similar to Julie now. Like, a big character. Keep an eye on Victoria. So... Yeah, like, I feel like, like, this, of everybody on this entire episode, this was the best episode for Victoria, by a decent margin. Um, Mm -hmm. I, like, reluctantly had her, like, number five last week, but it was, like, the stretchiest thing in the entire world. Um, Whereas now I think I might have her, like, right below Gavin. Um, This Mm. really feels like... I guess my thing is, is it takes... They're not gonna just give anybody a scene dismantling one of their legends. Um, we've seen similar things in the past, like the Francescas or whatever, be like, I don't trust Ra, blah, blah, blah. But um, it doesn't work out too well. Um, this is one of the rare ones where it's like, like this is very like uh, Denise to Russell Swan, like, where it's like, here's your attorney. Obviously, Russell Swan's not exactly a survivor legend, but we get to see Denise triumph over Russell Swan. We get to see Victoria triumph over Aubrey here. Uh, storytelling wise, she clocks Aubrey, like figures out what Aubrey's doing, vocalizes it to people and they agree. Uh, that's extremely good. Um, in episode one, she got a good enough foundation showing that, Hey, she's been a lifetime survivor fan. She got in a funny way too. a memorable, not just like I've been a survivor fan. since I was too like Santa Claus gave me a survivor buff. Well, who like, funny confessional to remember that's good enough for a winner scene um i think mm-hmm. she has all the check marks going right now she got her pal julia um i think this guy's limit for victoria right now i'm not so high on it i feel like 
that premiere really throws me off. And like, of course, this will be the season where premieres don't mean anything. And we do get that like quieter start with it ramping up afterward. But it was enough to make me notice Victoria and uh, especially with the Kama tribe going invisible and Manu being a mess, like contenders are dwindling. Like I feel faster than they have in the other two seasons. Like Agreed. Even Ghost Island, I feel like I had more people. Like you yeah. had that big um, Malolo contingent of like Brendan and Stephanie and them to sort of carry you for a while, mm-hmm. even though they went earlier. But yeah, so Victoria is like near the bottom of my like strong contender list, but she's there. So yeah, I think that's the thing is like I think I'm a little bit more bullish on her because I personally didn't see too many problems with her premiere. I don't think it's the like I don't think it's the end of the world if you don't get a huge amount. Um and then this episode was an amazing episode too. And it's just like we know who she is. She got to say some funny things. Like she got some good camp life scene. She got like everything pretty good. Um I think you pencil in Victoria for pretty deep into the game. Yeah, for sure. Unless I feel like it could be almost a very Jessica Pete turnaround where like the whole Aubrey thing flips on us and like Aubrey somehow gets power and takes out Victoria. True, true, true. on like but, a swap tribe or something. I think that's reasonable. But I think if that doesn't happen, I'd agree. Like, yeah, like I guess that is a fair point. Like she'd have a lot more benefit. Like say this was all like Aubrey wasn't Aubrey Bracco. She was Aubrey Smith uh, in the same, like everything else happened the exact same. Um, I'd say then lock Victoria in for like end game, but like, maybe the intent like the t- intention here could always be like look victoria's not giving aubrey a chance and aubrey's gonna flip it or whatever um mm-hmm. so I, I i guess yeah that's a that's a fair uh asterisk but i i would say lock her in for at least marge um yeah from then on i don't know but uh i think victoria's got definitely merge Connor's probably dominating here but um she feels like at the top, like for me, I guess we're at the end of comma here, but um, I would do Gavin, Julie, Victoria. And then after that, like, I feel like the winner's from comma. Uh, the only other one I can really see winning is Eric. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's that's pretty high contention already. Yeah. Because I think there's enough, like, this is a very, like, to me, I, I do think comma uh, is the complex tribe. Yeah, I still agree with that. And very similar, to, it's like it's like a Navidi style uh, complex tribe where, like, it's a complex tribe with a bunch of duds on it who like yeah don't fit into a narrative at all, which is weird, but makes it extru- like if you peg like okay, this is clearly the comp like like I think our only failings and Ghost Island was like we kind of stumbled on which one was complex at the start because it swapped so fast. Um, but I think if we just went in, like, Navidi is the complex tribe, would have been pretty easy. I mean, we were pretty on to Wendell the whole time, but, like, it would have been even easier. Um, if I just was, like, the winners on Kama, I feel like it's, like, Victoria has to be, like, number four at the minimum. Mm-hmm. I think it's not only, like, duds, but, like, duds with longevity. Like, a lot of these people are probably sticking around for a while. Mm-hmm. So I think that's who weren't like over the top negative one or whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. 
yeah, I think that's Victoria. And that runs out comma. All still in the game. I guess everybody mm-hmm. is in the game unless you can't decide whether you want to stay or go. So, Except Keith, who may or may not be in the game. Yeah. He's, in He's Schrod- Schrodinger's Keith. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, on to the Manu tribe. The messy, messy Manu tribe. Yeah. Um, so I guess just brief overview of the tribe. Like, it's so weird. Like, it feels like a bunch of end of like bunch of pairs that have like no relation to each other. It just like I said, it they like layered people in. So they like started with like Kelly versus Wendy. Like that is the titular war. Like one of them will win the war. Like don't forget that. And, and then you get like. <laughs> And then you get like Rick and David who are like the ones like deciding between them at the beginning. Um, you get Lauren finding the idol. And so that's all that happens before the immunity challenge. Nothing from Keith, nothing from Wardog, nothing from Chris. Then after the immunity challenge, all three of those characters are like bigger. Like they're the big ones and... David and Rick are still in there, but it sort of revolves around them and deciding what to do. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's a good point, and I, I, I think it's a good place to start with Chris, who, I mean, this is his coming out episode. He was basically invisible in the first one. Um, mm-hmm. Not a bad episode. Like, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> I like we were kind of really high on Chris preseason. Like we saw a lot of potential, and like I know it's still there, but like we didn't see it this episode. Like Chris just felt very alpha male to me when I know yeah. he can be so much more than that, and he was. That's the thing is like this is one of those situations where like I'd be like, oh, well, you know what? For like a big buff guy, like you know what? He's doing pretty well. He seems to have some knowledge of strategy, but like. We know he's like a super fan. We know he's like ridiculously smart about the game. We know, yeah, like it's like when you know someone's potential, it's like, oh, this person's one hundred, like being presented as one hundredth of what they could be. Um, like pretty bad. It's like how we saw Laurel early on in Ghost Island, like preseason. We were like, oh, Laurel is a triple threat. So, like, we should be seeing that. And then we didn't. And we we're like, oh, yeah, Laurel's probably not winning. And we apparently forgot about that on the way to the end. So, um, but yeah, Chris should have, if he were winning, he would have got more content in the premiere and he would have got Gavin's line about being the biggest fan. Exactly. Um, that's basically the biggest problem is like, even though this is a season of a bunch of people who are fans, but hiding it, only one person's talked about it. Um, and for all the other people who are that way, it's horrible. Like, Mm -hmm. It's really, really bad if you're if that's that confessional's been aired and you are not the person saying it and that's your story. Um, I honestly think that's probably a good reason Chris is invisible right now. Not invisible, but less uh, less visible. Um, is that that's Gavin's story? So what what are you given guy who does worse? Um, yeah, they feel like they fit in similar roles on the tribes. Like Gavin is to Chris as Eric is to War Dog. Yes. Yeah, and so. And yeah, so it's just like he's kind of floundering. Um, he got to make a bond with uh, Keith again, very bad. Also, uh, and- 
like goes into the tribal saying like, yeah, we're voting out Kelly and mm-hmm. it doesn't happen. And Terrible. you're going to hear me say that about like five, five people in this tribe. Like, yep. They go into the tribal thinking it's going to be Kelly and they don't. So, and one person basically, uh, is the opposite, which is horrible. Like, like it's really not good. Um, yeah. At least we get to see him make like the scene where he maybe changes his mind, but maybe. Like, but it's, it's not good to get like like War Dog even says like he wants to make it seem like it's their idea. Uh, mm-hmm. Like you don't want to get presented as getting bamboozled. Um, yeah, I think after that premiere, Chris is already falling into that like position that I get it with people where it's just like. They're still here, but I know they're not winning, so why why pay attention? Yeah, like I think this is a real dropping the ball of a character because it's just like mm-hmm. throw him something in the first episode, and this episode looks a lot better probably. Um, but again, it's just like if if you're a big alpha male dude and you're invisible in the first episode, and then you're like wishy washy in the second one, it's really hard to take you seriously from then on. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. That's probably good for Chris. I yep. think he's going to be there for a long ass time, though. Yeah. But granted, it's not good that he's the only one shown connected to Keith uh, other than Wendy. Because, um, yeah. again, the Reem Keith dynamic that was built in episode one is going to pay off more than likely. <laughs> like, I feel like uh, you don't want to have any Chekhov shotguns with the people on Edge of Extinction. <laughs> Sure. Uh, on to David, David Wright of Survivor 34. Yeah. 34, Who's yeah. all of a sudden the returning in the best spot? I, I guess so. And I think I was thinking that I was like, wow, this was actually like not the worst episode for David. Like, yes, he is one of the people who goes into the tribal thinking it's Kelly and we don't get to see him turn around on that. But Otherwise, it was, like, a good strategic episode. Like, we see things sort of get laid out. I realize now, though, I think the problem with that is it's a very stark contrast from his premiere. Mm-hmm. Like, David is a, such a background character, and we remark on this in our first episode, that for him to come out and be, like, of, like the returning in the, like, best position making moves, it's weird. It's like... Like Dan, Dan Rangering. It like is, yeah. Whiplash of tone. So, like, but. if you're somebody who didn't watch Millennials vs. Gen X, um, this episode's weird because he didn't earn being in the driver's seat. I think is the biggest thing. Like, mm-hmm. in this season, the story didn't, I feel like, doesn't match. Like, him being like, you know what? I'm just going to be everyone's friend and the nice guy. Uh, like, I'll help them build the shelter smiley face like does not match is now in the driver's seat controlling all these people Mm -hmm. in episode two like um i'm i'm pretty worried for him but i think like and obviously he does have that doomsday like early stages of the game confessional um i think there's a chance it flips on him or something like but i could also like he's like he also has longevity possibilities like it's like, he's one that is, like, a question mark to me. Yeah. I don't don't think he's winning, but... Agreed. 
still the game is open enough that he can go pretty much anywhere. Yeah. He's somebody who like there's a bunch of people like Chris is not going to be the next boot. Um I could see David being the next boot or I could see him being fourth place. Um he's similar I think he's the most similar to me as um Aurora on the other tribe weirdly enough where it's just like I kind of could see him leaving at any point but not mm-hmm. winning. Yeah. Huh. I don't know if I have much more to say. Uh, I think the one big thing is like he gets established in a duo with um, Rick Devins. Um, yes, excuse you, it's Devins. Yeah, uh, sorry, how dare I refer to him as Rick? Uh, and that's a super fun duo, but I do think of the two, Rick's way better positioned. Yes. Uh, it's very Dominic Wendell-y, where it's like Wendell's the one who gets to establish that relationship. Um and I do think the only other separate thing is you mentioned that um, he went into tribal saying Kelly's going. I think the one good thing, the one little asterisk there is he did say, oh, it looks like War Dog's shutting it down. We might not have the votes. So he's, he's the one who gets like the little jail, uh, get out of jail free card there. But okay. I don't think it's a huge deal. I also think this could be a potential like. Davy situation where you could get a post-tribal like confessional talking about why you voted the way you did. Mm-hmm. And I know that didn't mean Davy won David versus Goliath, but I think it's a good move at still for that to happen. I definitely agree. Like, um, and yeah, like I think honestly, like he's probably the one who has the best chance of he's, I would say of the returnees, Maybe other than Joe. Ah, no, I'd say of the returnees, he has the best chance of winning. I would say Joe's higher. Okay, that's fair. But I think it's the two guys are significantly above. Yeah. But I do think he's... I think he's basically drawing dead, but, like, has the best chance of, like, being a contender going forward. We're not laughing at David. Like, we're not... Like, there's nothing negative there, but... um, Mm-hmm. there's also a chance that this could unfortunately be like, like I was getting a little bit of like, look, David's a strategist by kind of thing. Like, I think that's a possibility. Um, Possibly. I don't know. We haven't seen it turn on him the way yeah. it has for Aubrey or the way it just sort of happened for Kelly. So, but there is a realistic possibility that the pattern is, um, if it turns on you, that's a good thing longevity-wise, I think. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. But, um, like, I, I'm i a little nervous for David, but I think I think I would pencil him in. Like, if I'm going to bet, I, I think I'm going to pencil him in for at least a swap. Um, yeah, for sure. Swap boot seems not impossible, but who knows. Mm-hmm. That's probably good for David. Um, I love him again, so I'm happy. He, I honestly, like, just not my type of person. Like, I'm Exactly my type of person. <laughs> like, he's so, like, just boring. <laughs> Find him so interesting. But whatever. Uh, we'll move on to Kelly here, who I think had a disastrous episode. Not on the level of Aubrey, but... It's like, just a mess. Yeah. Like I said, she looks goofy while these people are calling her a legend. She's getting targeted. 
and like doesn't get to react to it until the very end like mm-hmm. literally right before tribal when there's nothing you can do like that's very much the feeling they want to present is like kelly could go and there's nothing she could do mm-hmm. like, they could get rid of kelly here and that would be it it just no no it's like really bad like like her best content was lauren talking about her past seasons like that's not good like like that highlight reel they showed like, yeah which is like oh like that was so worrying like that's that is why i thought she was leaving because it was like oh right like this is a nice way to send the returnee off like like remind the audience she was really good at one point mm-hmm. no like interactions between the power couple of kelly and lauren yep so like like at least directly like obviously lauren's thinking about her a lot but like they don't directly talk or anything so and like great for either but i think it's good for lauren personally but uh we'll get to that um i think with kelly also i feel like her confessionals are super awkward this year um like She's not captivating to me. Like she feels like fake. Like yeah. I don't know. It just like it's not reading well at all. She just like I feel like her arc made sense with the first two seasons. Now it just feels like overdone. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like her first season is like whatever she was robbed like didn't get enough content blah 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 but then her her arc of her second season was like proving she's worth like she's worth being with the people she's with she did that and now mm-hmm. it's just like like why she's the one who like i thought it was gonna be aubrey who it's like why is she here feels like kelly is the one who's like really has no business being here it really feels like people just keep saying she's a great player and then like there's nothing to back it up yeah like we know she did well on second chances, but like here it's just like it's like she's wearing a sign that says, I'm a really good player, and like people are all making judgments on that and not like mm-hmm. anything she's actually doing. Yeah, like like what's she done it all? Like it feels like and like it's super bad that she's like, it's a war between me and Wendy, and one of us is gonna win and one of us is gonna die, and then one vote Kelly, one vote Wendy. <laughs> to eight votes keith like mm-hmm. like and like another thing is like in her both her season she was like fighting from the bottom the whole time like i, I think yeah. it just doesn't like i think she might just be a character that doesn't work on the top yeah i agree with that i think like because i think her whole narrative of like if i was like in my seasons i was always on the bottom and that's how they're trying to get her credit and it just doesn't work um and that's weird because theoretically she's kind of on the bottom. Like she's being yeah. super targeted, but it's all because she's like such a threat and needs to go. Like, yeah, it's like gross and over meta. I think like, it's just like awkward. Um, and her story's just like muted. I personally think that, um, and like, uh, thankfully they're beside each other, but um, I think this is a passing the torch at it. Um, I think they're. I think Kelly's gonna leave pretty soon. Um, granted, I think she could also last like a while, but I think Lauren's gonna outlive her, um, and we're gonna be talking in like two seasons about how great Lauren is and how she's the new Kelly Wentworth kind of thing. Um, 
It's like, honestly, though, if I'm Lauren, do I want Kelly's torch? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> like this season, like, why is like, I don't want this edit. Like, this is gross. Like, what guess... do you know about Kelly Wentworth other than she was a returnee? She played some seasons. Like, I don't know. She like, has trouble making relationships, apparently. Yeah, I don't know. Does she have a boyfriend? Like, who knows? Does she have a dad? Is he on Twitter? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 really like kind of an anomaly, and like, I don't know. Like, it's just so it's so strange because like this is somebody who is like again like my mom's favorite survivor ever, um. And it just feels like she doesn't, like, she has no footing at all. And, like, I don't know. Like, I think maybe, like, I think the Kelly-Lauren story is interesting. Because it's definitely going to pay off something. But I think the problem is it's definitely paying off positive for Lauren. Like, that's the biggest problem for Kelly is, like, there's a checkoff yeah. shotgun of something happening to Kelly that benefits Lauren. Uh, whether that's... um. Kind of like, because I think there's a possibility it's one of those stories where it's like, you know the mantra, like, don't meet your heroes? Mm-hmm. I think it could be one of those things where it's like, because like, oh my god, this girl does not stop talking about Kelly Wentworth. <laughs> um, and maybe it's one of those situations where she's like, oh my god, I love her, and then like, she actually meets her, and like, it's kind of like, oh, she doesn't really like her that much kind of thing. Like, she wants to be herself now. Um, I could see that happening. Like, kind of like, oh, wow, I always wanted to be Kelly Wentworth, but I'm Lauren, and I'm happy with who I am kind of thing, and, like, a cool journey kind of thing like that. Or I could see it literally being Kelly gets blindsided, Lauren's like, I'm going to get revenge for my queen, Kelly Wentworth. And then, <laughs> like, I, I think either way, the problem is it results in Kelly Wentworth dying. Yeah. I think Lauren's edit is not, like, like her, it doesn't feel like her and Kelly are going to rule the game. Feels like yeah. Kelly is like going. Something's going to happen to Kelly, and Lauren's going to, yeah, either be responsible for it, like killing Kelly, or being mad that Kelly died. Like that's the problem. Is like mm -hmm. you never want someone who's clearly outliving you. Like this, like it's you know what it is. It's the same thing we said with Stephanie Johnson in Ghost Island. Like it's terrible that Jenna's clearly outliving you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess I did forget we do know Kelly played soccer in high school. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, again, to a less, like, she's bright, like, that's like a cool stat or what, like, or not stat, but like fact. <laughs> to a less impressive, she plays, like, Lauren, like, it almost feels like they're saying, like, Lauren's cooler than Kelly Wentworth. Yeah. Like, like I Lauren, would be surprised if Lauren finds three idols. You know what I mean? Lauren looks cooler than Kelly Wentworth, like, right now. Yeah, like, it's like, like, Lauren, like, like, it's like, it's like when someone, like, really interesting is, like, like, really, like, has, like, a crush on someone who, like, is, like, kind of mediocre, and it's like, they don't realize it, like, it's like, they're just in love with this person, and you're like, like, Lauren, like, like, you're cooler than, like, you're better than the person. Lauren, you can do so much better. Yeah, and they totally don't realize it, and you're like, oh, um. That's kind of how I feel about this. Um, <laughs> I guess we're just talking about Lauren at this point. Um, yeah, because she's better. <laughs> she is. Like, really is like she's super inter interesting. I think the one of like two people who didn't say that uh, Kelly was leaving. But Good. like, 
should say should have said something about Kelly. Like, I mean, <laughs> don't get me wrong. Lauren says a lot about Kelly, but didn't say anything about her being a target at this tribal council. Well, I think that's fine. Like, uh, I, I think it's actually fine that like she explicitly got to say she's not sharing the idol, Kelly. Um, like this is her idol; it's all for herself. She um, had to very shallowly on the beach. Yeah. Like. <laughs> I almost thought there was a chance that Kelly was going to find it or something right after her. Yeah, it feels like someone's going to, like, find it or something. Or, like, it's going to get washed away and, like, Lauren will come back. It's not yeah. there. And, like... I think that's maybe... That would be funny, but uh, I feel like that would have paid off in this episode. Um, yeah. But, yeah, like, Lauren just seems, like, super interesting. Um, I do think she is being positioned as Kelly Wentworth 2.0. Um, and I think of this Manu tribe, like... Like, so far, we've said none of these people can win. Um, I think Lauren's the first one that we're going to talk about here that totally is on the board to win. Hmm. I staunchly disagree. Oh, wow. I think Lauren got, like, a terrible episode for her winner chances. Like, obviously a big character, obviously someone you want to focus on from this tribe, but, like, I don't see it moving forward. Mm. Like, she was paired with Kelly episode one. That was pretty ramshackle. Um, and then they didn't get any content together at all. That's not yeah. true. Okay, remind me where I'm wrong. Uh, well, okay, so one, obviously, Lauren talks about Kelly, so that's one thing. But then <laughs> Kelly says that she doesn't trust any of these people except Lauren. But were they physically together talking to one another? I think so. <laughs> I don't think so. I Either way, it wasn't significant. So I'll give you that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It just feels like Lauren should get to remark in some way on this. I guess she is very staunchly like, I don't want to lose another challenge. Mm -hmm. But even that, it's like, it feels kind of old school. Like, I just don't get winner vibes from Lauren. Like, she's there, but, like, never a big character. Hot like, take. Lauren is coming fourth place. Robbed Goddess should have won. Um, is literally Kelly Wentworth 2.0. Eh. I but think what about so. David? That, that's uh, yeah, okay. David also has to come fourth. Well, no, David said fourth or fifth. Well, with Edge of Extinction, maybe a whole bunch of people come fourth place. That's also true. Yeah. I, <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. I think, I think, Kelly or fuck, what's her name? Lauren, Lauren. <laughs> is gonna get like it's the same thing as Kelly got in Second Chance. Always CP. Always like on the edge of like extinction. Yeah, of extinction. <laughs> no, of uh being a winner. But no one, no one seriously considers really. Um, like if you look at the second chance chart, she's like like Edric charts. Like she's not on any of them at any point, which seems weird for the person who totally would have won if she made it the end and uh, like all that stuff. You know, um, like I feel like Lauren is just almost. I feel like she's literally gonna come in the same spot. Like she's gonna be Kelly Wentworth. Yeah, because this is so focused on like. I don't think we've ever gotten at it like this before, where someone's like literally like, I want to be Kelly Lenworth. <laughs> Obviously, we yeah. haven't seen that, but I don't think we've ever seen like 
Like, <laughs> like Ryan, like, like Ryan from Triple H isn't like, I love Cochrane so much. Like, I, I can't wait to flip on my tribe and like come seventh place. Like, um, you don't remember like Colleen Haskell in the first season being wanting to be Kelly Wentworth when she grew up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. <laughs> but yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think that like there's a really good chance that she's literally gonna match placements or at least match stories or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like she could uh, use the idol like yeah, like same way or maybe she beats the record. That would be kind of funny if it's like she beats the record of like most negated votes and then like comes fourth. Like that'd be pretty funny. Yeah, but uh, winning? Nah. I think like honestly, I feel like there's two people on this tribe I think can win, and she's like number two, like maybe three. But, like, I think there's three maybes, and she's third. Uh, if our three are the same, I think I could see that. Um, do you have anything else to say about Lauren? Uh, she's just like a better Kelly Wentworth, right? She like, is, yeah. And I, 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 I like, yeah, like, she even did, like, the weird hand thing that Kelly did when she found her idol. Oh, yeah. The sneaky, sneaky thing, like, 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 like this girl loves Kelly Wentworth, like, um, and she's pretty entertaining. I think, like, whatever, she's cool. Yeah, she's very captivating. Yeah, I do feel like sometimes she's just like this episode. She felt kind of isolated from the rest of the tribe. Like, she does. It was like Manu plus Lauren, like. But I guess so. That's I guess before we move on, because actually I think this is where you brought me to the point where I fundamentally disagree with you. Um. You think it's bad that she didn't get to talk really about like the boot this episode other than like keep the tribe strong. I think it's a good thing because if they're pushing Kelly is like on the edge of extinction, uh, like really is about to get voted out. Um, I feel like it's bad if Lauren remarks either way, like, like what's she going to say? Like I heard Kelly Wentworth's name going around, but like, that's bad. Um, if she doesn't know that's bad. I feel like this is an episode if, like, if you're going to push Kelly Wentworth as the boot, like, decoy boot, and really want people to buy that going into tribal, like, I feel like Lauren shouldn't talk, really, about the boot. Okay. I don't know. I think these first two episodes have, like, really made me think of Lauren less as a winner. Like, it just doesn't feel like the right start. Well, I mean, like, okay, so, like, Natalie Anderson didn't get to speak during Jeremy's boot. Right? Like, I feel like it's a way to protect somebody. Okay. Like, I think that's reasonable. Go. True. That's also a good point. But like, I think the like, I mean, like the like, I think the episode was trying to tell you Kelly Wentworth was leaving. Um, but like, War Dog said things that weren't Kelly Wentworth like going centric. But <laughs> War Dog's story isn't like I'm in love with Kelly Wentworth and I would die for Kelly Wentworth. And also, by the way, I'm gonna literally wear Kelly Wentworth's face uh, if I get the opportunity. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like like Lauren's a fangirl at it. Who's going to eclipse eclipse the person she loves? Um, like, Wardock's not that. And when? I mean, I don't think so, but I think okay. I think I think it would be like I honestly have like seven contenders, and she's like the last one. Okay. Well, um, Lauren would be so contentious, right? Uh. I guess we'll we'll move on to Rick here, who got like a really good episode. Yeah, very good. Um, 
And like he got a great premiere too. Um yep. if he was on the Kama tribe, I think you should just pencil him in as the winner. He's unfortunately on the wrong tribe. Um But like doing the right things on the wrong tribe. Yes. So if we're wrong about which like, like if if like next week Kama's tribe content is still dancing, like maybe start uh I'll probably start taking Rick a little bit more seriously as a winner candidate. Uh the biggest problem is that he did enter tribal being like rah rah vote up Kelly Wentworth. Eh. Oh, okay. I thought you meant literally when he was like Kelly Wentworth's name is out there. Oh no, I mean like like yeah, the story going in that it was that he was voting up Kelly Wentworth and then yes. he brought it back up at tribal. Like that's a lot. Yeah, that is probably the biggest ding against him. But he had that really great confessional while he's talking with David about how his strategy is to find a big player and play under them, which mm-hmm. is exactly what he did. And so, and we even got like confirmation. So like we got uh, Rick being like, I really like David. I want to play to a strong player. Then we get David being like, I really like Rick. He's funny. And by the way, he's also strategic and really smart and has all kinds of other good qualities. Um, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I feel like this is the closest duo in the game at this point, other than Eric Gavin. I think it's closer than Eric Gavin, but I yeah. think a little less just because they didn't really interact in the first episode. And I think like I think the best thing about Rick is that he does have like these like recurring motifs with like the Kool Aid Man. Uh, it's, we're constantly reminded he's funny. Uh, that's something yeah. that's always important, like having like, some sort of repetitive characteristic trait. Uh, that's pretty good for him. Yeah, like again, if he was on Kama, like I'd be pretty all in on him probably. Um, but yeah, like it, it's good. Like he has an outline game strategy. We know who he is. We know he's a news reporter. Um, all this good content all around, and not really any negatives, really. Mm-hmm. It all looks really good, but it's just amidst Manu, which is as of right now not the complex tribe, but also like. Just a lot of them look shady or like weird and yeah, I don't know. and like it's never good if like you're pushing something hard and then it's edited it's like that failed. Um, yeah, so that's not good. Um, but I think like honestly, Rex like somebody who I have to have considering. Um, I do kind of think he's probably a distraction, but. Yeah, he could feel like a little like Jonas from One World. Like mm-hmm. maybe a good contender for the merge boot, honestly. Yeah. Or even like like he could like if we're go saying Lauren's the new Kelly, maybe maybe the story we're being told is like Victoria's the new Aubrey, um, Eric's the new Joe, uh, Rick's the new David, Lauren's the new Kelly, you know what I mean? Like maybe it's one of those situations. Um hmm. and he he's like has the same arc as David did. Uh, but I don't know. I don't think it's super likely. Um, but I feel like the thing is, is with Rick, there's options. There's a variety of ways this goes well for him, uh, which yeah. is different than a lot of these people. Like, I think no matter what, he's doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we talked about people who are locks to go far on Kama, but for Manu, I feel like Rick is one of the most solid choices there. Yes, I would say number two. Hmm. Behind, I think I think War Dogs making it. I I don't know if I believe in War Dog. 
<gasps> Hot take. Uh, do you have anything else to add on, Rick? I don't really. I don't think so. Cool. Like, let's get on to the the man, Dan De Silva. Uh, well, okay. He's so good. Like, he's like really good at the game. Like, if you can boss around the returning players, like that's pretty epic. I don't know. I'm just not convinced yet. I guess. <laughs> like, he's okay. Like, I didn't hate him this episode. Like, I don't know. I'm just not on the war dog train yet. I'm honestly like, for me, he's far and away number one on this tribe. Like, hmm. he's the honestly, he's the only one that I don't have to kind of squint to see it as a winner. Um, like, I could just see it. Like, I could see this being the story of how war dog wins. And like, honestly, like, okay, we talked about Rick has a good chance, blah blah blah. I can't super see the story of how Rick won. I can see the story how uh, War Dog won. Uh, it's a little bad that in the last episode he was a little more on going after Wendy, but this one he got his way, so that's pretty good. Um, he's not getting like because like I think that sometimes can be a terrible thing if like you're constantly saying the wrong name. I think it's okay if you say one and you have some plausible deniability there. Um, we know we know he's a lawyer. He's hiding that. He's the one who gets to hide his occupation. Um, that's pretty good. I don't know. I think things are pretty good for Warlog. I don't know. I just, in this episode, like we did not see him. Like he said, like one line to Kelly and Lauren, like in the beginning half. And then like he was around after the immunity challenge, but not before. Like he should have touched on like maybe the idol search that was going on or, Mm-hmm. Something like in the first part of the episode. Like that's a good point. Like he was kind of invisible until the immunity challenge. Like I feel if War Dog were winning, I'd have like a clearer picture of like who he is and like what he's gonna be. That's true, because like, like he gives off of probably a few too many Tony vibes to not when he's not really that way, it seems, to not address yeah. that probably. Like, yeah, I feel like I can patch together who War Dog is, but it's not being presented clearly. That's a good point. And honestly, like, I don't know, like, I don't know how much uh, people know, but like, generally, it's considered that like before the immunity challenge is where the content that matters is, and like after the immunity challenge, like, it's completely less important. Um, I personally, a hundred percent, buy into that uh, way of thinking of like after the immunity challenge, like you can be a little bit more loose with what happens positive or negative. Um, but before the immunity challenge, if you're not getting stuff, that's a bad sign. Um, and like, I mean, Wardog did get the first confessional and then he had that problem. Like in the first episode, like um, he gets introduced. He's a lawyer. That's the first con- intro confessional. And then he's gone until the immunity challenge. And like, I forgave that because the intro confessional, but if you take that out, this is now a recurring trend of him not being there for like camp life before the immunity challenge, which is pretty not good. Yeah. And I think a big patch is like his relationships. Cause like, we'll see him interacting with people and he obviously looks like he's an important person to those people, but we haven't explicitly said like, Oh, I'm working with Kelly and Lauren or 
oh, I really trust Chris. It's just, he is assumed to have that power, and yeah. we don't know why. I agree. Actually, you're kind of softening me up. But I don't know. I think he's an interesting character. I think he's got some longevity. I think he's definitely making it pretty deep, but um, I yeah, guess I, I kind of don't see him winning. I think that's a good point. He's not in immediate danger for sure, but because he's definitely not making waves of any sort. Mm-hmm. I think one of the strongest things is the way he was like, I'm making the plans, but I don't want to be seen as though I'm making yes. them. And then, That's a game plan. Like, And the episode didn't really discredit that. And it worked. So, like, that was the narrative that won, was... Yeah. Like, and that's pretty important, I think. Um, and actually, I guess I'm retalking myself into War Dog, um, <laughs> which is hilarious. But uh, I think another really positive thing with him is we had... Um, crap. Wait, yeah, yeah, sorry. Benjry Bergen. Very similar early content. Um, very kind of game body... If you remember um, the premiere of Triple H, it's basically just like Ben being like, I really like Alan Ball and the core four is pretty good. uh, And I'm going to do what I can to keep Alan. And that's how the story is presented. And then episode two, it's just like Chrissy being like, I really like Ben. Um, And like, he's kind of more low key and then just kind of like spoke up to give his narration on what he thinks should happen. It happens. And then he's good. Um, War Dog's in a similar situation and, like I think there's some uh, similarities with that edit. Yeah, I can see it. I think the way it's sort of positioned, though, is a yeah, little. Yeah, he needs like a breaking, like, like, like very similar to the Adam Kleins, the Bens. You like he, this guy's gonna need like a huge, like episode four. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's gonna need to kind of reintroduce himself as more than just the guy who's like kind of like controlling this tribe. You know. Yeah, I think we sort of need to see, like, who War Dog is. Like, mm-hmm. yes, we know he was in the military, but is a law student. But, like, what what more is on top of that story, I think? Yeah. And I think, I think like, that's the thing is I think there's um, room for that to happen. I think there's the foundation there. Uh, so I'm optimistic. And I guess we'll move on to somebody who I really want to have optimism for, but I don't really, unfortunately. Um, Wendy might be my favorite character on this season. Like, she's so fun, so interesting. Um, and I'm not going to lie, I kind of thought she, like, in my mind, like, just now, I was like, did she get voted out? Like, <laughs> like, I really have, like, almost no faith in her to win. But, like, I want her to win. But There's, I st- yeah. There's, like, a, f- a few problems. Because, like, I think I ended up, like, in the, like, rock tumbler that was my contenders for episode one. I ended up putting Wendy fifth. Like, I was like, there could be something here. Like, and I'm optimistic for it. This episode with her being the other belligerent in the war that didn't really happen. Um, and then sort of the way she was around for the first part of the episode but sort of fell off as like it weirdly became like Chris and Wardog deciding who gets to go home um and then that preview like not the greatest look yeah and I'm not gonna lie like I feel like 
I feel like her narrative makes a lot of sense if she gets medevaced. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, like she's so positive in these episodes. Like it's like maybe like maybe like she's a little negative too, but like like really 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 positive, and then like a little negative or very more... like enthusiastic. Like yeah, yeah, and like. Like she gets to say, like I see through Kelly. Like, does she think we're dumb? Like, like she's just like really captivating, and mm-hmm. it feels like they're just like they're showing a little bit of our bad sides, but not much. Um, yeah, we don't get anyone being like she's annoying or anything like that. Like, which is super positive. Like that's good for me. Um, but it's just not quite like it, I kind of can't see her making the merge, and that's bad. Yeah, like. There's, I, it's one of those weird ones where it's like I think she's being edited very positively and good, but I feel like there's no longevity. It feels like, just it feels like a Stephanie Johnson or like a, like a Tracy Hughes Wolf, where it just feels like the options run out and she just goes. Yeah, like her story is like, wow, she made it further than she should have. Woohoo! Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's honestly probably it. Um, and even like, what a captivating character who totally would have killed. Ki- Ooh, here conspiracy theory. Uh, Wendy gets medevaced, and maybe that's the like kind of re like the thing Kelly needs to get back on her feet. And it's like, oh, like yeah, Kelly did really well in this game, but like she totally would have left if Wendy didn't get medevaced. Hmm, like a Nick Wilson. Yeah, maybe it's something like that. Um, Because they've really been pitted against each other a lot. Um, Yeah. Hmm. And I just, I feel like that's going to pay off because it has been uh, focused on so much. I just can't really see how it pays off with Wendy winning. Like, not going to lie. But maybe maybe it is that case. Like, maybe it is like Wendy wins and then, like, I could see her being like a swap boot. I don't know. That. That ankle just looks real bad. <laughs> it does look real bad, and like, like this, this is like the the. I feel like this is the content of like a good medevac, like a medevac who they liked. Yeah. And yeah, that preview was pretty damning. Um, mm-hmm. I think without the preview, though, I'd probably be pretty high on her. Uh but how often do they really show fake injuries in previews? I feel like that's actually one of the better, um, like. I feel like most of the time if there's an injury shown, like someone does get medevaced or something happens. Uh, yeah, I think so. I have like, no, like no stats on that whatsoever. So no. don't trust that necessarily, but, uh, it feels like it's not one. like, like when it's like the, the status quo might shake up next week. That never happens, but I feel like medevac happens, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I really think that's a possibility. I don't know how that would even work with edge of extinction. Like I assume she doesn't even get a chance. Yeah, I think if you're getting pulled from the game, you're getting pulled from the game, and like yeah, and then what happens? Like if she got voted out because of it, like she could choose. Yeah, (laughs) is there a pre-jury? Like, how does that work? Like, oh yeah, does she just like go alone? Yeah, like goes to Thailand alone or whatever. Um, Yeah, I really don't know. Uh, Her story is one of the weirdest ones where it feels really short. Like it feels like it could realistically end. Yeah. Um, so, and then we would have both the like, both the Manu people who are like super in your face, visible and positive in the first episode, leaving 
two, three. And also the people who are with Reem. That'd be very sad. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, I don't think Wendy can win. Yeah. Doesn't feel doesn't feel right. So I guess we'll move on to Keith, who he might not even be in the game anymore. Um I feel <laughs> like he is. Like if he's not, I'll be so disappointed. Like, don't call yourself a super super fan if you're gonna quit for anything. Um that said, um It was a sign though. Yeah. Like, he really would... did get the Jessica Pete at it. <laughs> like I called that, like at least. Oh, like yeah, I guess so. I just mean like, like eighteen year old who gets CPP five episode one and then Yeah. But like it was just a weird reason where like Yeah. He flopped hard in that challenge. That was honestly like like I was I was watching with my girlfriend and like laughing. Like it was like like it was I think honestly what top five worst challenge performances of all time. Like, yeah, it was Jatia level. I thought like, like there's like, I usually find the challenges kind of boring, but I was glued to the television. Is this like, how is this guy going to fuck up this next part? Oh, he's climbing beside the snake. How is he going to fuck up this part? Oh, he's rolling in the sand while everyone else is pushing the snake. Uh, (laughs) Like he's going to take Chris off the ring toss and throw them not even close to the thing. Like this was like some legendary failure here. Um, and like that's always fun to see. Like it's yeah. always boring if like 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 when Darnell gets voted out or whatever in Ko Rong, it's like why did he get voted out? I I guess he dropped the snorkel, which seems like a normal thing to do. Um, like it sucks. Or like um, Reem's a good example. Like she's bad at challenges, but we didn't even see her being like she seemed fine in the challenge. Like that's always mm-hmm. boring. But like yeah, like, I do like a good like complete disaster. Um. Like nightmare hellish performance where it's just like we seriously can't like there's a war brewing and this guy sucks enough to ignore it. Yeah. But yeah, as far as like as far as winner chances, like zero. Like his he's either gonna be there to like motivate Reem to like continue on or like he's out. So Yeah. I feel like honestly they would not have given him such a glowing first episode if he's gonna quit here. That would be my take. Is like I feel like he's going. Um, I just don't it, know. Like, why was it such a cliffhanger? <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, that's the biggest question. But I feel like I feel like it's just a cheap cliffhanger. Um, for whatever reason, they think there's gonna be ratings there. I don't know. But yeah, I like, guess they got people talking. Any yeah. press. Angrily, and but yeah, like I don't know. He, like that's the thing is like his stories that he's gonna learn. I feel like it's not over. Um, like I feel like the story is gonna be he gets to edge of extinction, and then he's like, I'm gonna learn to swim. (laughs) I honestly feel like that's what it's gonna be. Uh, See, that's not what I want from Edge of Extinction. Like Keith's weekly swimming lessons. Yeah, no, I do not want that, but I think it's a possibility. Although I guess if Reem is teaching, like that could be fun. That could be fun. Um, anything with Reem is probably going to be pretty fun. But yeah, like I feel like he's going to go. I feel like we're going to get some. Ins- like I'm sure he's going to make me cry as he like learns to swim and overcomes adversity or something. But um, as of right now, I don't think. I think there's a chance he comes. Like okay, maybe there's a weird. Like I feel like this is too written though. Like, like 
I would I could see a world where he is the one who comes back at the merge edge of extinction. Um and it's like maybe a swimming challenge or like some thing for him to redeem himself. Um but um that's not a super high chance. I just think yeah. like there's enough like I think they put enough stock in that story of him like wanting to prove himself wrong. Like like he really wasn't that negative despite that horrific challenge performance. Like Oh, what? he like not like he was negative in the challenge and then he was negative at the end of count, but like in between I yeah. guess he was okay. You know what I mean? Like it was like, dude, like I tried so hard, like um like to Chris and stuff. Like I feel like they gave him like a decent send off. So I feel like there's a chance that there's more stock in like this is his like rock bottom and he'll build from it, but Yeah. Who knows? I don't have high hopes. Okay. Well, I guess that's uh that's the Manu tribe. Uh next up we'll uh make our winner bet here. Um I'm sticking with Victoria. I have Victoria on my list, but I'm gonna stick with Gavin. I yeah, it's probably the same choice. Who doesn't falter from that premiere? Yeah. And like honestly, like if you look at the past, I like, I looked at the recent stats of like um from season thirty on. And it's like basically the premiere of every winner since season 30 has been like super in your face. Like, like with the exception of Adam Klein and every other one has been like obnoxiously visible and complex. Um, for example, Nick, right? Like Nick yeah. is like the most complex, like most CP five person of all time in his premiere and then like completely fades off. But like, like, I think there's a huge recent trend of just, like, dump a bunch of stuff in the premiere uh, and the early game, and then you can basically do whatever later on. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, this is probably the best time for this stuff. And so Gavin's a really strong candidate there. Um, I would say Julie, too. Like, I would say Gavin, Julie, Victoria are my, like, top tier. Yeah, I have Gavin and Julie and then Eric. I kept my top three the same. Yeah. I feel good about Eric. But then I had put Victoria up there and then Rick. Because I think Rick said it is just good. It's just, why is he on that tribe? Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I I, that's, I think we're on the same agreements. Uh, so who's going to leave next? Uh, Wendy. Wendy, yeah. I would say, okay, if Wendy gets like, say it's like a B situation and like Wendy gets... Like we're getting two boots or whatever. Um, I would say the vote out's gonna be Aubrey. Yeah, I think so. I feel like that tribe will probably go to tribal because we did see that Ron Clark advantage. I yeah, feel but... like it wouldn't get shown if not. Um I guess that's true. I always think like one of them you can use no matter what before the third. But, like, I always think it's the reward one, but, like, obviously, if you win the immunity challenge, you also win the reward, so. Yeah, that's the thing, is, like, I really think, I think that's an advantage they don't show. I don't know if they've ever not shown an advantage. I feel like, I feel like I remember in Triple H, they didn't show something. Um, But I feel like they wouldn't have shown it if it had no bearing on anything, so, uh, I'm gonna go if that tribe probably loses, and somehow we still lose Wendy. Um, I'm guessing we lose Wendy and then they vote out Aubrey. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, even there's the room for it, like with people returning. So yeah, there really is. 
Um, so I guess that's uh, anything else to touch on before we move on? I don't think so. Sweet. Uh, so that's our show. Uh, our website is thewinnersedit.wordpress.com. Things show up on there. Uh, there's a contact form there, or you can contact us directly at thewinneredit at gmail.com. There's new episodes on Saturdays or Sundays. I guess in this case, this is going to be Sunday. Um, shared on our Survivor and our Edgic, which is Reddit. Uh, we're on all major podcast catchers. Again, if there's like whatever, if you have like some hipster new um, podcast catcher, then uh, hit us up. Um, something exciting just happened. Um, <laughs> I guess someone just found a new podcast catcher. Um, <laughs> uh, feel free to review us on iTunes. I saw a couple on there. That's really great. Thank you so much. Uh, and then, I don't know, we sometimes throw some cool stuff in the show notes. Uh, but yeah, that's our show. Follow me on Twitter at Danny Kills Bees. Sometimes I tweet funny things. Most of the time I tweet annoying, obnoxious things, probably. But you know what? If you want to, do it. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can follow me at jchapman9000, 9000. But I didn't do the second visibility thing like I did for the first episode. So I'm already a Twitter flop. Like, <laughs> I don't know how you do it. Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, check in? every time I can and just post something funny. Like, yeah, it's actually pretty hard. Like unless something infuriates me, like, and then I'm like, like a bunch of my like friends follow me and I'm like, like they don't care about survivor. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Twitter's a funny thing. How do people, how do people like consistently tweet about things? If like they had, they know people who like follow them. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I know it's crazy. I'll who never knows? be a Twitter star. Yeah. Um, sequester season three's casting uh apply to that if you want and if you want tips on how to apply to that then dm me or something because i was on it wow he said <laughs> <laughs> bye